This is gonna be fucking fun. Although they're such a fucking dumpster fire, they don't even deserve any sort of recognition. But for those of you who are still willing to listen to anyone talk about the White Sox, we got some White Sox tonight. So a little bit, just a just a skosh. Yeah. It's basically whatever Smitty can extract out of me. It's going to be like a science experiment. Yeah, until I hit the stop button on this, <laughs> or your the mute button on you. Maybe that could be it. So let's do this. You are in the hole with the Major League A-holes. I'm Ryan. That was Pete. Uh, this is our long-delayed, it's been like a month since we did a, did an episode, but we are back on a Thirsty Thursday, wild card edition. I've got a Surly Furious here, which happens to be produced in Minneapolis, Minnesota, in honor of, a- somehow in honor of the Minnesota Twins for win- winning a goddamn Finally! playoff game for the Finally! first time in 20 years. Congrats. What are you drinking over there? I'm drinking a Metallica 72 Seasons Special Edition Blackened Whiskey. Holy shit. I know, it's a mouthful, right? Yeah. Oh, Be careful over there. Yeah. (laughs) We've got playoff baseball to talk about. I thought we'd be like missing wildcard games while we're recording this tonight, but they wrapped up very quickly. <laughs> yeah, we'll have a we'll have some commentary on that. Yeah, I've got, I've got some thoughts on that actually. Bullshit. Uh, we're gonna wrap. You know, it's our post postseason post mortem as none of our teams made the playoffs. So we're gonna discuss the plight of each of the teams we cover here, except for the A's, which I have nothing to say. Uh, Cubs collapsed. <laughs> well, there's just no other way to put it. They fucking collapsed. So we'll talk. Who about was that. right? Who was right? <laughs> the uh, your Giants fired the manager. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's another collapse. It's so much so that they fired their manager. Tigers bid a fond farewell to Hall of First Ballot Hall of Famer Miguel Cabrera in fantastic fashion. Only team trending upwards, I think, on this entire I, fucking podcast. I'd agree with that. Yeah, that's 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 how I felt by the end of the season. Um, Jesus. I might be a Tigers fan by the time we come back. <laughs> yeah, because on the opposite side of that spectrum, your White Sox lost 101 games. Yeah, I'm sure you've got plenty of thoughts. Uh, we'll, we'll keep Baseball that in- 101, baby. Yeah. The White Sox do not Lo- do. Losing 101, I think you'd call it. But uh, we'll go as long or as short as you want to deal with, deal with that bullshit over there. About but- two and a half minutes. we're going to revisit our Nuster dumbass preseason predictions, which are hilarious in some regards, pretty spot on in others. So I'm proud of us there. We'll, we'll go through all that minutia. World series. Not so good. We started this year with uh, our new segment, badass of the week. We're going to do our badass of the year awards. We're going to give a a badass of the year for one pitcher and one badass of the year for a batter. That's going to be a fun conversation. Uh, and then I'm going to wrap it up with a fantasy minute as I am once again, champion of our fantasy league. So guys, guys, everyone out there listening, listening, I'm talking over (laughs) Smitty right now on purpose. Um, can we time him? Can he keep it to a minute? 
perhaps the greatest season in in at least American League A-holes history. Our perhaps league. you should retire then. I'm well. We talked about that before. I can't retire. I didn't have the perfect year, but it was pretty fucking oh, close. So okay. we'll get to that. We I'm already going. Blah, over a minute. Blah, blah, I'm close blah. to a minute already for the fantasy minutes. So. We'll keep that to the end. So if you don't want to hear it, you can just. Press I might that. unplug and just leave yeah, you on the air. You just off. watch me walk away. Walk off the set. Yeah. Yeah. It's a podcast. So I'm not sure how many people actually get that unless they're on YouTube or Facebook. Yeah. If you're watching on YouTube, you might see me physically leave the picture. I'm just going <laughs> to close the computer screen. Everyone's looking forward to you leaving the picture. <laughs> well, they probably are actually. So <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> but well, I think we should go ahead and jump into the news. Now here's the news. It's the news. The big news oh fuck scotty that is good news that is great news man let's bring it all home as major league baseball presents this week in baseball wild card action it's over lame jesus christ that was quick four sweeps four series four sweeps you you Um, summed it up best on a tweet yeah i wanted to get into that once once we just talk about were we better off with a one game play in game? Seriously, why why add? You know, everyone's like, oh, it's like an extra day here or there, but you know that adds up, and that adds up, especially for stadiums in uh, weather that may not be yeah. so great. And the the one the one game playoff is super fucking exciting. It's a game seven. It, it's an automatic game it's seven. A, it's all or nothing. I remember going to the blackout game for the White Sox, and it was yeah. one of the greatest experiences I ever had at a baseball game. Um, so it's unfair in some ways, you know. To it's a baseball is a game of series. I, I get that part of the argument. You know, to have it to be one one game is crazy. But I think that the whole po- the whole problem with that is they call it a wild card playoff game. I would have called it a play in game. You didn't, exactly. you didn't make the playoffs yet. You have to win this fucking game to get to where exactly. the big boys are at. Call it a playing uh, game. That worked when they only had two wild card and you know three division winners and then two wild card. But now that they expanded to three wild cards, it, it forces a division winner into the wild card round. So why don't not, they? Why don't? It's not quite the same. But okay, so I know this is muddying the waters, but add one more, just one more sweep across the board. Have one playing game and then start the playoffs. Yeah, I, I mean that it's funny because everyone complained about it. I I was I loved it, and I, I'm not sure people maybe people are realizing that the folly of doing because th- a three game series is just as absurd. We just learned that you, well, we just won two games and we're already knocked out. Well, that's not fair. It should be a five game series. Okay, I just it, no one's ever going to be happy, but I just wish we kind of appreciated the things we had at the time, and I just the whole back to it was game seven an automatic game seven to start off the playoffs and i i thought it was awesome so yeah no i I mean i mean just to help me out here so it was minnesota versus who toronto toronto in minnesota in minnesota minnesota is the division winner but toronto is the better record right possibly but since they didn't win their division they were on the road so right home field to minnesota Right. So when you actually think about it, like there's no, I think a one game playoff plays well because you've got the four, well, essentially, you've got the four worst records, right? Playing one game to get into the playoffs. 
Yes. Uh, essentially, essentially. In in the current setup. Yeah. The reason I had no problem with it in the previous setup with just two wild cards, none of those were division winners. So it, I didn't think it was unfair to a wild card team. But, to get but knocked out in one, I think it would be unfair for a team like the Twins if they got knocked out in one game after well, winning the division. The, I, would it, that's bullshit, but that was never, you know. But that, but that, that division never, is shit. That was never going to happen. Well, any any division, but I, I'm just saying. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I mean, literally, we just we wasted yesterday because all the teams that yeah. won the first game, we could have won we the second been, game. We could have watched the next round tonight. Well, that's the thing. Tonight, there's no games. Tomorrow night, there's no games because they had to build in a, a travel day for the next round. So. I mean, it's just, it's, it's hilarious that it worked out this way. If this was the aesthetics, I give it two <laughs> thumbs down. Two, two thumbs down. Or two you know, middle fingers down. So. Oh, that's right. Yeah. There we go. Uh, it's been so long. I forgot our segments. Yeah. It's been a while. And by the way, guys, I just want to say to everyone listening out there, part of the reason it's been so long is I haven't watched a baseball game since September 3rd because the White Sox were such an abomination. They broke you. And then the, broke and, then, you. and then the Giants had such an epic collapse that I literally have gone into this is like this is like the therapy session for me tonight like right. i i have not get it out i, I cannot enjoy baseball right now oh, and, and you can't even is, watch the playoffs uh no i haven't watched the game yet i've just no, uh, i good just think we're talking about it well i've read i've read i've read this i know what's going on right. i've read i've read the recaps but i didn't watch okay. any of the philly marlins series because that was just a blow i think the marlins scored two runs the whole time well you're probably a little bitter because the marlins of course were the cubs uh, closer again we'll get into we'll get into the bitterness or lack thereof i'm not all that bitter but i mean i blame the cubs i don't blame the marlins so yeah as you had to blame the cubs last time too so yeah uh, but i think i think a, an entire market is feeling the way that we are right now because Tampa Bay Rays fans didn't even fucking show up. They had the lowest attended game in playoff in the playoffs since 1919. Did you hear this? No, I didn't know that. It was the lowest. It was it was under 20,000 attendees and the lowest before that was game 7 of the 1919 World Series. I mean, featuring your Chicago Black Sox. Oh, nice. So few people showed up cuz they everyone knew the fix was in by then by game seven so they didn't bother bother coming so i don't know what that means for for tampa or for baseball playoff that's that's fucking sad over 100 years that not even twenty thousand people could show up for a baseball game a playoff game you know the we'll get into this not this episode but the the rays did just announce plans to build a new stadium yeah i saw that it looks almost as bad as the current stadium the the original plans I it's got to be better than the current anything's better than the current stadium the, the problem a is white. a lot of white again. the problem is it's still in st pete which is basically an island that you can only get there via two causeways two bridges yeah i think it's, it's, time a, to it's a traffic nightmare so i'm i'll We'll get deeper into that. Maybe, maybe not this episode. Maybe this this off season. But I don't know if that's going to solve the problem. There's seriously a problem if 20,000 20, people can't even fucking show up to a to a playoff game. There, I mean that that kind of kind of emphasizes our point that this this they kind of fucked up this wild card round. I'm not, I'm not sure. For shizzle. Not sure what they're doing. Um, I also before we get into our specific teams, I, I wanted to revisit. 
all the new rules just you know now that we're done with the first the first season of radical rule changes i wanted to get your thoughts uh i think i think we're on the same page at all this but i was just wondering if you have you heard anyone complain all year that they didn't get to see a double switch no <laughs> did you hear anyone complain all year that they didn't get to see a shift come into play no no did you ever <laughs> hear I anyone like, come? I feel like I'm I'm renouncing my vows in church. <laughs> do you do you do you reject Satan and all his acts? <laughs> I do. Did you ever hear anyone complain that the game they just watched wasn't four hours long? <laughs> yes. No. No. I haven't. I actually haven't. Well, I guess the the only other thing is, do you even notice that the bases are bigger than no? But I love the extra. I love the action on the base pass. Well, so that's hey. the thing. I mean, we've seen we've seen exponential steals and the threat of a steal with the the bigger bases being closer together and the the pickoff rule changing. It's an unmitigated success. I even if people just forget about it, that, that complain about everything. Yeah, that, remember that, that they that's complained. Success. Yeah, yeah it, they no one's complained about about what's going on. There was a uh, a brief push to extend the pitch clock for the postseason, which I thought was fucking ridiculous. We've we've proven beyond a shadow of a doubt that the pitch clock is working. And when was the last time you saw a pitch clock violation of, of consequence? Certainly not on a strike three that everyone was terrified that was going to happen. No, I mean, I think the things towards the later end of the season were more like um, the pitchers were getting ready. You know, we've had we've had a few with all our teams, I think, of the pitcher getting ready to throw too quickly and they called a violation on them. That, yeah, that that's a that, bit. That, and that that was that was a more of a nuance thing right. that they, that they knew, but they didn't really think they were doing it. So whatever. But well, like people were trying to take advantage of that it was yeah. what was going on, that new part of the rule. But. I think umpires fessed that out and it was but, yeah. squashed. And let's be honest, there are, I, I initially was concerned. I will, I will go all the way back to the beginning of the season. I was initially concerned on the idea that you had one throw over and you well, had two, a, but well, yeah, two, two, sorry. Yeah. Two throwovers and you had a clock, but you don't even notice the clock. I don't see the clock. They don't, I don't think they put the clock up on the graphics anymore. Yeah, but it maybe, was. Maybe it, they do, but I don't see it. But there were pitchers, and we talked about it on the air. There's pitchers who took advantage of it. They waited to one second and threw over, and the runner thought they had a clean fucking yeah. I didn't swipe see of the that. base. And yeah, it, I didn't see it, it happened too much. No, but it did happen, and it, it was just. It, it's essentially just like the old times, except you only get two throws over, right? It it. Yeah. And I don't know how many times, let's be honest, if you throw over five times and it, the guy's a true base dealer, he's going to swipe the bag anyway, unless there's a good throw. Like, like, Did it, you it, see any balk calls for throwing over three times and not getting them the third? No. I, I don't even think they bothered throwing at that point. So. No, no, they never, they never, they never bothered. And like, I think there's, there's ways to, Everyone can manipulate it however they want. A batter could wait. It's another the, another point, the, yeah. point of strategy. It's, a, yeah. it's gamesmanship. What you know, it's just another thing to to use to your advantage if you're smart enough to do it. So yeah, the batter could wait till the eighth second or the ninth second. And that was happening. Was a eight lot. or nine. 
Yeah. I, 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 I am a hundred percent. If you're a batter and trying to get the pitcher out of rhythm, don't fucking just get back in and be ready to hit. Yeah. I mean, and that's, and that's how it's always been. You could step out or whatever. And that, and that still happens. You call timeout. You can, you, there's ways yeah. to, there's yeah, ways it, to mess it, up the timing. So overall, it only improved the game. I agree. That's what drove me crazy then when we you know, were getting towards the playoffs and people are asking, oh, let's add two seconds to the pitch clock. Two when someone's on base and two, you know, we need a little bit more time. It's like, what, what what's the difference? Like, what all you're going to accomplish with that is throw everyone off the rhythm that they've developed over 162 games, getting used to those times. And it's like, why would you add more time just because it's the playoffs? Unfortunately, that was squashed uh, several weeks ago. So and it has not, not happened. I just thought that was so stupid. Like what's, what's the difference? We figured out it's working great. Everyone's used to it. Now there are few violations. It's just, it doesn't come up that just very often at all anymore. Yeah. I'm sure, you know, it might happen, you know, as we go along the playoffs, something might happen, but you know what? That's their fault at this point. We played 162 games. If you can't figure out how to, how to throw a pitch in time or be in the batter's box in time. That's on you. It doesn't matter what the situation is. That, that's ridiculous. So I agree. Well, so I'm not going to be complaining about any of those new, new rules, but one thing we can definitely complain about is the performance of all of our teams in, in the major league a-holes universe. Uh, we Holy did have it. Yeah. This is, this is probably historic um, well, performances. Although this year we finally had a team finish over 500 in the Chicago Cubs. I'll tell you one fucking thing. I hope we get fucking hotter than shit just to stuff it up them 3,000 fucking people that show up every fucking day. Who stings? And another thing I'm going to say. I've won over 1,800 games in the manager and I'm not a damn dumb. 85% of the fucking world's working. The other 15 come out here. I don't know what the big deal about Cracker Jack is. All the other teams finished below 500. Your White Sox finished 500 last year, but not above. So that's an improvement. Uh, Cubs did win the Major League A-Holes regular season championship for what it's worth. The first in their history. Be your so White, proud. Your White Sox won last year. And the first year I kept track of that, uh, your Giants won. So it's about time one of my teams got on the board. But unfortunately, thank God it came with... Uh, one essentially one day short of making the playoffs. Um, big disappointment, I have, I have uh, a collapse. What's that? I have questions after you finish. So okay, well, it was it was a historic collapse in September. On September sixth, here I've got this all written down. Written by down. the way, historic collapse in September. I've never heard this before. <laughs> On September sixth, the Cubs were seventy six and sixty four, twelve Holy. games above five hundred. Yeah. They were only a game and a half behind Milwaukee. They Holy were four trick. games up in the wild card. Bang. They're going to the playoffs. They had a 92.4% chance of making the playoffs, according to fan graphs. They then went 7-15 and 15 to close Ooh. the season out. Ouch. And that's that's about, I mean, I don't. I haven't looked up what the, what the worst collapses in September were, but that that's gotta be among, among the largest. Uh, they had in the last week alone, they had three walk-off. They suffered three walk-off wins against them. We 
walk off against the, against the Atlanta, Atlanta, right? Two were uh, against Atlanta, right? Two were, yeah, for sure. Of course, that involved the epic uh, misplay by Seiya Suzuki, uh, yeah. reminiscent of Brant Brown, which I no, actually, yeah, no! <laughs> I've got a clip of that in the intro to this section. <laughs> uh, but yeah, just just a brutal collapse. Uh, I don't know how else to put it. The they built this team on pitching and defense, mm. and the pitching and defense completely collapsed down the stretch. Mm. Really, Ooh. it was it was strange. I I, I don't understand. I can't explain the defense how that suddenly fell apart. I mean, Nico Horner, nerves, Ansby Swanson. I it's that's the only thing I can think. Um, Seiya Suzuki. That 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 was bizarre. The only thing that the only explanation I've seen that makes some sense is he lost it in the lights, but he didn't act like he lost it. He acted like he just literally didn't understand that the ball was not headed towards his mitt he thought it was going right into his mitt and it just didn't do it so it's hard to it's hard to crush him because he's he was their best offensive player for the last month so he was carrying the team in many ways you know some of the bats that had carried them throughout uh bellinger and swanson just went totally cold at the end too which is concerning well that that's Um, the question of like you know like and I'm just gonna I'm gonna throw this out there. Like Cody Bellinger was in the spotlight in LA and and was in hiding. Then he comes to the Cubs, and there's not the expectation of being on the LA Dodgers, and he fucking mm. he's fucking lights out. And then when it's go time, he goes into hiding. So there's a simpler explanation for that. He changed, oh. his, he changed his approach this year. He oh, wasn't swinging for yeah. the fences. Yeah. Uh, well, what happened hit, down the stretch, though? Pitchers started throwing him fastballs. He can't hit fastballs? It's a problem. With his adjustment, they figured out he can't handle fastballs, which makes me very nervous. And well, I hope they sign him then. So I can makes make me, makes me not. Season. Yeah, that makes me not want the Cubs to sign him going forward because – you know, we we've seen how inconsistent he's been. That uh, means even Carlos Rodon can record an out on him. <laughs> uh, I yeah. I mean, we'll get into it, I guess, uh, right now. But I don't want them to resign Bellinger. I, and you've already oh, heard. You've already wait, heard. Wait, rumors. wait, 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 wait. What's going on? I, I gotta I gotta call times here for a quick second, if you don't mind. So. When we were in, when I was all like, the Cubs are not going to make the playoffs if they don't make significant additions, which they did not, and they did not make the playoffs. So, thank you. But oh my god! But enjoy your victory lap. I said, you said, well, you know, if they don't trade Bellinger, then there's the, you know, they re-sign Bellinger. They got him for next year that was part of the plan of not trading him and getting when he was at a very decent value of getting players back. That was part of the plan to re-sign Bellinger because he was going to be part of the base of this new nucleus. And now, and I don't disagree with your decision. I agree with your decision. I don't think they should sign him. I think they got the best 
that they're ever going to get out of them. That's yeah. But I also believe they missed an opportunity that they should have taken advantage of, which is all I, which all I was ever trying to say. And maybe I didn't articulate it properly at that time that they had a That'd chance. Be a shock. I know. No, it wouldn't. But that, <laughs> who knows? It could that would have been the night. It could have been the night I came back wasted to do the podcast. But, the one night. <laughs> uh, hey, I'm wasted right now. Woo. <laughs> I had to I had to make a drink tonight for a competition at the office. That's why I couldn't start the. Oh, nice! That's why we're late. Okay, I get it. What but, was the drink? Uh, it was a mar a smoked margarita. I brought my drink smoker in. That's a skull, and smoked it with cherry wood, and because uh, it was based oh. off of the Exorcist. The Exorcist, like Holy shit. green margarita. Yeah, I realize this is a long conversation. But yeah, but we're, I'm done. I'm done with it. It was, had to be movie themed, and it was October, so we went with me and my partner went with The Exorcist. But you were you were kind of cool office. That, that sounds fun. It is. It is a great office. The dynamic is awesome. But let's move on to baseball. <laughs> yes, can we, can we, yeah, let's, let's digress back to what this is about. So you're going to tell uh, us how right you were about what? Are I you going to ask me a question or what's going yeah, on here? I said they should trade Marcus Stroman. They should trade Cody Bellinger and every Cub fan, including you. And I called you at the time for the first time in my life. I called you a true Cub fan and you bought into it all that they should not do any of those things. And they did not. And I feel like they missed a huge opportunity to make themselves because I'm going to give Jed Hoyer a shit ton of fucking credit that I didn't give him at the beginning of the season. And maybe part of it's Theo too. That farm system is not as bad as people made it out to be. That's Jed though. Yeah, okay. Added. Okay. Okay. So it's Jed. Jed. Kudos to fucking Jed. And if they can, and, and maybe not signing Bellinger, maybe finding something to do with Stroman gets them the off season acquisitions. They need to be competitive from April through the end of the year. But my question is, David Ross. Oh, wow. We are team, all over the place here. Or a team that was supposed to win 74 games. I, I, I got 77. 77, excuse me. I got an argument with uh, Chicago White Sox, Sox Mike. He made a comment oh, that, that yeah, that jackass. He made a comment that, well, this is why I never want one of my favorite players to be a coach because David Ross, blah, 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 blah. And I said, I don't understand. And I agree with Je with uh, Tom Ricketts, given his endorsement to Ross, this team was supposed to do shit. Yeah. And he got every fucking ounce he could out of this team. Now you can criticize him for whatever happened down the stretch, but I don't think it's anything for what he did. It's, it's, it's what was left in what he had to work with. And uh, they didn't have enough. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't do the moves they needed to do at the trade deadline to push them over the top. And, well, and, and I've been critical of David Ross over the years, but like looking at what he just did, I think he's a good fucking manager. Yeah, I I think he's going to be on the hot seat next year if they don't get it done. I don't think there was any chance he would be like on the hot seat this year. That it, I mean, the expectations, like you said, things shift obviously as they go 12 games over 500 after being 10 games below 500 at one point, which is historic. Um, 
Yeah, if you guys actually listen to the podcast this year and follow the Cubs on the podcast, Smitty's like it's like it's like going into a valley and then coming back out. That's the Cubs. High. I mean, yeah, you, I know. you expected me to be like steady throughout. Like, is that is that a good way to be a fan? I, I'm not it sure. It might what, be Chicago. Are you criticizing me or the? Or no, the no, I'm just saying that no, the 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 flow of the season is insane. Okay. I'm not criticizing you at all. I'm just I can't saying, tell. Like, I can't tell no, what no, you're no. doing. But. No, no, no. I'm criticizing you on being Cubby Smitty, which I never expected at the trade deadline. I thought you would be more of a realist that they should make some moves and look towards next season because this season wasn't realistic. I think but I under I also understand now I'm gonna I'm gonna sound like a true politician here. Yeah, I understand the allure based on my 101 losses. I'm getting sucked in. And as I did with the giants too, I'm getting sucked in with that idea of we're here right now. We're in a good position. We don't need to make any major moves at the trade deadline. We'll get there. Yeah. I, yeah, I definitely didn't, didn't want to make major moves. Uh, but I think you're, you're coming from it from this is, I don't mean this disparagingly, but no, go ahead. From a white spot, white Sox perspective. No, I'm just that, coming in from a neutral because, because like I'll say the same thing about myself with the Giants. But okay, yeah, oh, I can't wait to talk about your trade deadline with the Giants. But the the I wasn't worried about the system. I didn't think that the the farm system needed to be replenished, needed to get every possible resource from the from the trade deadline that they possibly could. I think they could they could coast a little bit. I guess maybe it was my my thought process at that moment. And I think it still is. And, and we saw that come to fruition. How there's there's a lot, there's a lot down there, and there's a lot still coming, which is cool. It, it can never hurt to to replenish that system or build more, but it does I don't know. So are you arguing that I I should I don't even remember what, what I said at the time, but I thought they shouldn't go for it or yeah, you, you thought they shouldn't make it. I kind of went half and half is what I did. You said they shouldn't make any significant trades. And I said, without one, one, like one. I don't think I said significant. I said. They should trade the future for today. I think it's maybe what you. Right. And I said, well, I think they could trade like a Bellinger or Stroman. And you're not going to do that when they're, they were in the playoff hunt at that point. So why? I just, I don't, I didn't see the logic in that, I guess, but. Um, I mean, we're, it's revisionist history at this point for me or for you or for somebody. I, I'm not, I'm not sure. I'd have to look, I'd have to look again. It's no, no. What, so I'm, what I'm saying is all I said is I think they should trade one of those guys for a piece. You couldn't trade Stroman cause he was hurt. Bellinger yeah. was your best player. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think you could have, I think you could have, Still gotten Stroman. I think didn't Stroman come right back before the trade deadline? Mm, I don't think so. That's I don't think that was the situation. I don't remember talking about Stroman at the trade deadline. It just it, it was an option, but I'm not sure where what what just happened. But so so I'm a Cubs fan, typical Cubs fan. Uh, yeah, that's so traded. They should have. They should have. They should have just. I feel like they had an opportunity to get some pieces to in, ensure playoffs next year. That's if they won, if they won <laughs> one of those two games, 
I'm not. Well, they didn't. Gonna, right. But they didn't. I'm not going to blame. Uh, I want to come back to Saya. I'm not going to blame Saya. I'm not blaming anyone. Plan. I'm just saying they did. No, do I'm, it. I'm. I'm starting over. I'm, I'm ignoring okay. you at this point. I'm, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not arguing with you. I'm just starting my points all over again because I don't know what just happened. I'm not going to blame Saya for that. I mean, it was. I will blame him for the play, but I don't blame him for the Cubs missing the playoffs. I blame the Cubs for missing the playoffs for losing two games to Pittsburgh the week before at home. That's where they lost. That's where they lost. Also, they lost games to to the Marlins that they shouldn't have lost uh, earlier in the month. So, if you know, if they had won one of those games, two of those games, they would be in the playoffs. But they didn't. What they did do was make August and September compelling baseball for every Cubs fan to watch, which is, as you and I well know, being fans of the teams we're fans of, that's a rare commodity these days to have meaningful games throughout August and September. And literally to the last day of the season, the Cubs did that. So I'm going to salute them for that in a season where I expected them to win 77 games. Amazing. I didn't think uh, I didn't think Jed made the right moves in the offseason to put him in a position to make the playoffs. So I, they overachieved, and like you said, that's a great way. That's a great uh, kind of counterpoint to most most Cubs fans right now are very anti Ross, which I think is ridiculous, and you do too. He 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 did everything he could to get them into this position where he was hamstrung by, you know, they did not have a deep starting rotation and that led to burning up the bullpen. And that that's, that's not any manager's fault. When you can't get enough innings out of your starting rotation, you're going to start to burn through a bullpen that was terrific throughout most of the season and completely ran out of the gas. By yeah, the no, yeah, hundred percent. They got hurt. Uh, Michael Fulmer and, and uh, Edgar Alzale, the back end of the, Back end of the bullpen was gone for that stretch run. And it's no coincidence that that's when the collapse happened. You've got Mark Leiter Jr. out there. The only like the only guy that could get lefties out, he was just running on fumes by the end. It just it wasn't a deep enough, deep enough pitching staff. And this is what happens in September. You could see it coming as soon as Azalea and Fulmer got hurt. Again, the defense failing them, I can't explain that because it had been pretty fucking good all year long. But then the other concerning part was the your offensive stalwarts and Bellinger and Swanson, who is going to be around for another six years, uh, didn't do a whole lot in the last month and a half. So, so it's a tad bit concerning. Overall, again, I'm circumspect here. I'm I'm happy I had, had compelling meaningful baseball for the last two months of the season from at least one of my teams. So I'm not going to be too harsh on Ross or, or the Cubs organization in general, but next year, you know, I, I said it over and over again. I th- felt in the off season last year that Jed Hoyer was confusing activity for accomplishment. A lot of, a lot of moves, a lot of, a lot of money and not a lot of substance to it. I was still concerned about the depth of the rotation that proved to be an issue. Um, signing two different free agent first basemen that amounted to nothing as neither of them are on the on the, on the roster anymore with Mancini and what's his fuck. Uh, oh my God. Hosmer. Hosmer. Thank you. 
So we'll see what they do in the this offseason because they have to win the division next year. And if if that doesn't happen, I think David Ross is gone. I think Jed Hoyer's job could be in jeopardy. Uh, this this next year is it. Uh, this is too many years for a major market club not to be in the postseason, and it's it's going to get serious. So I don't know. Maybe you'll find different ways to point out my hypocrisy next year, but it'll, it'll be fun to fun to find out. So that's all I've got for my Cubs. Unless you have more more ways to grill me. No, no. I, I mean, you're, you're saying all the right things right now. We'll see how you are at the all-star break or at, at the trade deadline next year. So things and then, change. They, then they don't make it again. And you're like, Arr! So, <laughs> <Good>. anyway, <laughs> how about of your, that, how about the uh, San Francisco giants? Uh, speaking of disasters. Next question. The next question. Cause it was stupid. He hits it high. He hits it deep. It is Sorry, uh, Papa's feeling pretty uh, delicious right now. Gonna step into the box, go three for four, eight RBIs. Gahim. You know, it's funny. It, 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 it's funny that um, Kapler got fired. And I, I want to say the funny part about that. He's got hand is, tattoos. He's got to be the first manager with tattoos and who's been hired with tattoos. When we got, when he got hired, I remember us, there, there, there's, there's moments I remember on this show. I remember us talking about him getting hired and how it seemed like the most terrible hiring in baseball history. Cause he just got fired from the Rangers, I believe. Right. It was the Rangers. Phillies. Philly. Sorry. He got fired with the Phillies. Because it was a complete dumpster fire, right? They did not like him in Philadelphia. No. So they come to the Giants and somehow. They win 107 games. They win 107 fucking games, right? Like out of nowhere. Then the next season, it's like all back to normal. And then this season, it looks like. You were in the hunt. He's done it again. He's done it again. It looks like he's done it again. And we were. Two and a half games out of first place in like fucking August to the Dodgers. Or I'm sorry, mid-July to the Dodgers. And then the second half is like a complete collapse. You're the worst offense in baseball in the second half. Yeah. And that's a problem. He deserves to be fired. He probably should. I'll be honest. He should have never been hired in the first place. Wow, even after 107 wins two years yeah. ago? Yeah, I think that was an anomaly. I think that was just a team. Definitely an anomaly, quit. but he doesn't yeah, yeah, get any credit. No, I give him no credit. But I've heard he's uh, he's just an ass. Like people Yeah, just yeah he's, a, he's a fucking asshole. But <laughs> I, there's an interesting scenario that has been built up again. Uh, and <laughs> this is me not doing my homework. I forgot to look this up. Has Bob Melvin been officially fired from the party? No, he's keeping his job. They just oh, announced it yesterday. Keeping... Yeah, uh, it's kind uh, of surprising, actually. But... Okay, because I, I, I thought of a really funny scenario. So uh, I thought he was getting let go because Bruce Bochy was let go by the Padres and then went on to three championships yeah. with the Giants. Oh, if so you could pick up Melvin, yeah. I thought they would pick up Melvin because Melvin is the type of guy. He's a good manager. When you look at the A's, the A's yeah. were are always a team essentially made up of a bunch of young players. Yeah. 
uh, with a couple veterans sprinkled in to help try to push them over the top. And Bob Melvin knows how to navigate that. What I can't he may explain not, what happened in San Diego. Well, what he may not I know how to navigate good. is a bunch of fucking egos on a team, which is what he has there. Yeah, he needs a, he needs and, a Joe, Joe Torre mentality or something. Right. Yeah, whatever. Whatever it is to push like all that big money over the top. So I felt like if he was indeed being released by the Padres, that the Giants should pick him up for their manager because essentially what they have is this nucleus similar to the Cubs. They have a really good farm system right now, a farm system that in many people's eyes sort of came out of nowhere to a degree that is very solid. They're going to be able to build from that farm system and sprinkle in veterans to be competitive. And that's the type of manager they need to go after. I think. But you can't have him there in San Francisco. No, we can't have Melvin there in San Francisco, but there's definitely uh, whoever they go after needs to be someone who has doesn't have that mentality and this is maybe more of like the larusa mentality but oh, like 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 you know there there's there are managers who don't like to play up and coming talent and always say like the veterans deserve to get the mm. start and they need someone who knows how to navigate that mix like a bruce bochi who is currently was currently navigating that for the Rangers into but the second round of the playoffs. Into the second round of the playoffs, and um, that's what she said. And um, so we'll we'll see what they go after there. But you want to talk about epic collapses too? Yeah. I mean, you. I mean, the Cubs. The Cubs at least were in it till the end. To your point, which I don't know what is worse, right? It's um, partially because you know it's not it's not the same kind of division that the. NL West is so. no, but at the same time, the NL West, we're talking wild. I'm just talking wild card here. Yeah. The Diamondbacks guys, beat you out. The, the Cubs Diamondbacks are in, fucking good. The Cubs just came in good. and kicked the, 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 the San Francisco rolled into Chicago and the Cubs kicked the shit out of them. Mm-hmm. So I'm just talking wild card here. I'm not talking about division wild card. The giants are right there. They had a two and a, they had a game game and a half lead coming into Chicago. They blew that wad. Yeah. That positioned the Cubs in the, in the driver's seat at that point. That's when the Cubs took that wild card lead. Yeah. was in that giant series, but that was fun, but no, it wasn't. But, um, um, we you didn't know, even talk it, much shit during that series. Well, we never went on the air cause I was so fucking devastated. I was in the sulking. Fetal, I was in a baseball fetal position, basically <laughs> sucking your thumb. Sucking my thumb at that it, point. Yeah. I'm like, I'm no, I, I'm making up reasons I can't do a podcast, Ryan. Um, <laughs> I never thought that, but no, I didn't. I, I did. I, I didn't I make up reasons, your... but at well, the I same... also didn't want to make you record a podcast when you fucking hate baseball. So I do. I, 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 do. I wouldn't blame I you for hating everything that was going on with the White Sox. I will. I will say, I enjoy baseball a lot more right now doing this podcast. So all right, this uh, is what the podcast you. is all thank, about. This thank is you therapy. for forcing me onto the air tonight. <laughs> onto the catharsis uh, podcast. But um, for you. but I'll be I'll be I don't think the Giants are as bad as how they ended up. I think some questions they have a legit they okay you can we'll get to those in one second. Just let me finish this thought. Um I think they have the farm system 
and a nucleus at the major league level to compete next year, but they need someone who knows how to manage that and navigate that. So that's what I'll say and go with your questions. I think you need a little more offense as I, out the you're the worst offense in baseball in the second half of the season, which is at the second half of the season, but we were one of the best in the first half. That's what makes no fucking sense. So I want to take you back to the trade deadline. Uh, I can never pronounce your general manager or president's name, but um what did you guys do besides pick up AJ Pollock? We did nothing, deadline? and I said it at the deadline. Yeah, I said I, it at the I deadline. remember that. I was they also, they also released AJ Pollock, yeah, I mean, with like a month to go. It was so, a fucking disaster. It was a, it was at least the Cubs got a, a jolt with Candelario, but it was probably the only worse trade deadline moves than the, than Candelario was fucking great. Till I got yeah, he was, he was, he was a jolt of the system there. Yeah. And, and the, the giants got no jolt. They, they thought, and we talked about this on the air. Was it, they thought they had enough to get the wild card. And they already had given up the division. Isn't that your general manager's fault and not the manager? It is. It is the general manager's fault, but at the same time, the general the manager are navigating them to that position. I just so, think, I think they fired the funniest thing about Kapler getting fired is they fired him with three games left in the season. Like what what is that? I don't I think I've ever heard of that. Like why, yeah, why that, I what agree. Did that that, to other than just embarrass him. Well, maybe maybe it was that unliked even by the Giants if they well, wanted to embarrass them. I'm wondering if there was some kind of blow up or something weird happened because we've heard things behind the scenes with with Kapler that I don't know. It, it, I thought that was bizarre, but I I think your GM is feeling some heat and he he needed to fire the manager to take the some pressure off of him. But I, I would I just couldn't believe that the only movie guys made was picking up AJ Pollock and then you ended up dumping him like a month and a half later. So that, I think that's where your, your issues stem from. And I'm, I'm sure there's a plan going forward that I'm not aware of. But yeah. It'll that, be interesting to see. Yeah, none of us are aware of. Yeah. But I could see if things don't turn around that your GM gets, gets tossed next year, but I don't see our GM getting tossed because he's from the Dodgers organization as a history of success. So mm. the giants have, a way of sticking to a plan. Um, it was not much and, of a plan this year. And I Jesus. think they'll, well, maybe it was though. We don't know. So I think we do. Well, can I move on to my Detroit Tigers? Yeah, sure. Marky Anderson has joined us. First of all, how do you feel? I feel great, Mark, but let me tell you this. I'm stupid. Chris just grab a nacho. I think he took somebody's nacho. He's two of us up. Get out a little mid-game snack. Magnum P.I., right? You use him for an example, right? Here he is. He carries a Detroit hat around. He's talked about me on the show. And Lou Whitaker and Alan Trammell go on the show. Why doesn't someone say, how come we don't have Mark Fittich on the show? Thank you. Uh, like you said, the, the only team amongst our, our five that actually feels like the arrow might be pointing up. Of course, I felt this way two years ago and that completely turned the other direction. Um, Tigers finished 78 and 84. I thought they might win 70 games at most. So they are far ahead of a lot of people's projections. Uh, just, 
a positive season with so many young players making making a, a step forward i think either from yep. you know from previous years in the majors or up from the minors lots of contributions all over the place offensively and from the rotation and the bullpen um Reese Olson is a revelation as a starting pitcher that I, I didn't even know who he was going into the season. Uh, I Tarek still don't Scoob- know who he is. Tarek Skubal, who's going to come up later in our Badass of the Year conversation, uh, came off injury. Weak. and Weak. Uh, Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> um, he put up some incredible numbers in the for his half, the second half of the season that he did participate in. Casey Mize is, will be coming back. Uh, Matt Manning. Oh, my God. I was going to make this uh, shit we couldn't make up several times. Matt Manning broke his foot early in the season on a liner comebacker. Hit him right in the foot. Broke his foot. Came back from injury. Was starting to pitch really well. Got hit again on a comebacker in his foot. Broke his foot again, uh, which is just brutal. But he's once he heals up, he's shown that he can get back into form. The rotation is full of solid young pitchers. Eduardo, Eduardo Rodriguez, I'm not sure what's happening there. The the strong rumor is that he's opting out, but I kind of would be fine with that. We've dealt with so much weirdness with that guy over the two years. He's been in Detroit. Um, you know, the first year, first season, he took a leave of absence to deal with a personal issue. Last year, he was amongst the best pitchers in the in the American League, and then he had a an injury that no one's ever heard of, a pulley rupture in his left index finger, and then he wouldn't agree to a trade to the Dodgers, which could have set up the Tigers for years to come, and was inexplicable to anyone across the baseball industry. So he was solid once he came back from from injury. Um, I. He it was kind of back and forth. He wasn't nearly as consistent. His command just wasn't what it was in the first half before the injury. But he could get dialed in and be just as dominant. But most of the time, it was it was dicey at best. But I I could go either way on Erod. If he comes back, great. You can never have too much starting pitching depth. If not, I feel like we we can fill in and might even be making some moves in free agency this off season once again some some money is opening up some some big monies are opening up for the tigers um i'll get to torkelson when we get to badass of the year as well but he's he was another revelation uh, 31 homers the first tiger to hit 31 home runs in quite some time uh, i think since 2016 he led the led the tigers in every offensive category and it's going to shut up a bunch of all the detractors that were getting getting pretty loud in the first couple months of the season the anti-torque uh tiger's twitter sphere which i thought was ridiculous um riley green had a great year until he got hurt again uh he's having i think it's tommy john surgery on his elbow from diving for a catch which i don't think i've ever heard for heard of before but he was hitting 300 uh at a ops OPS plus of 117. Uh, it's just a bummer he got hurt, but just there's plenty of of upside going on with the Tigers right now. Parker Meadows getting called up. He's actually a better center fielder than Riley Green was, which is kind of amazing to think about. His brother Austin Meadows 
uh, played, I think he had 21 plate appearances all year and had, could not fulfill his duties due to uh, some emotional issues. Uh, I believe Scott Harris is having meetings with him this week to determine his future with, with the Tigers. I don't believe he has a future with the Tigers. He has proven to be unreliable. I don't know how they could go forward with them. But overall, I think a positive year. Um, not it's certainly above expectations, and that that's always fun for a team that isn't expected to do much. Just to see some positive things out of the youth. But the real story of the season was the farewell tour of Miguel Cabrera. And it really went so much better than I could have ever dreamed. When he signed his eight-year, $248 million extension in 2014, we knew we were paying for past performance. We knew Tigers were hoping for three or four good years out of him, and they, they did get three good years. His last really good year was in 2016, where he had 38 home runs. After that, it was just injuries and obvious decline that was in, at times sad to see because he could barely barely run at, at several points this year he was healthy and that that's what made all the difference and whether it's aj hinch taking care of him as a dh not playing him as much as he had previously i, I don't know what it was maybe it was just him being close to the finish line he took better care of himself or something but he, he was he was generally healthy all year you know, he didn't put up massive numbers. I think he had four home runs this year, which was probably three more than I thought he would get throughout the season. But it was just awesome. And he was appreciated throughout the league. Every every last game he had, last series he had against an opponent, he was showered with gifts, which you and I made fun of. I think the best – did you agree the best gift was – Oakland, where they only gave him like a $90 bottle of wine. Uh, you just stepped into my asshole of the week. What is your problem, you insensitive asshole? Pardon my French, but you're an asshole. Who the fuck is this asshole? Am I wrong? You're not wrong, Walter. You're just an asshole. Okay, then. I mean, literally, like, when I saw that, I'm like, what a fucking... Like, the organization is already a fucking dumpster fire, but yeah. really? The Oakland A's, I mean, we'll talk about... The, the, we've talked about everything you got earlier in the season. The, the brick from the Orioles was particularly hilarious. Well, um, he got a donation of, like, what, $300 or $500? I think it's... No, it's like five thousand or three. Oh 3, yeah, right. oh, oh, right. there you go, there you go. Yeah, it was his charitable foundation. Yeah, that's what almost every team did. Your, I think your White Sox did as well. You also got, you also gave him a Ron Kittle bench. Yeah, the uh, Ron Kittle bench is really nice. I'd like to get one uh, myself. I just can't afford one. I'm kind of shocked you don't have one. I, I was, I kind of assumed you were sitting on one this whole time. We just I am right now. Camera I lied. I, I I have a Ron Kittle bench. He got uh, a, a badass surfboard from the Angels that had like inscribed all of his. Yeah, that was that was that was very fucking cool. I think the coolest thing is the Dodgers gave him a Hollywood Walk of Fame star with his name on it. That was I just never would have guessed that he was blown away by that. The Yankees gave him a, a subway sign uh, for Yankee Stadium mounted on like subway tile and. Had all sorts of autographs and stuff. That was really cool, like artwork that he could hang on his wall. 
lot, just lots of cool stuff. And then, then he goes to Oakland <laughs> and the ace give him a, it was a pretty big bottle of wine. It was, it's not a typical, typical, you know, wine bottle, but sizable wine bottle. And then it was revealed that you could buy that same bottle of wine for, I've seen it reported differently. I saw $80 and then $90. I'm not sure. I'm, I'll say, I'll break the, break the tie and just call it an $85 bottle of wine. Yeah. Um, which is embarrassing already on the surface, considering, you know, what, what other teams have given. Uh, you know, no one has to give him anything, but the A's made a, like a ceremony out of it. They brought him out to, to home plate. I think it was the manager came out and like handed him the bottle of wine in front of the crowd. It's like, I'm going to give him a gift, give him a shitty gift. Just give it to him, you know, and say, yeah, we appreciate your time. But they were like all proud of themselves for giving him this 90, possibly $90 bottle of wine. Wasn't it like actually like signed by the fucking owner or some shit? It may have been, but it, I mean, people were making the joke that they just sent an intern across the street to the liquor store to buy their most expensive wine bottle. They put no thought into it and then had a ceremony over it. The other asshole section uh part of this gift is you know mickey not so not so subtly has had alcohol issues throughout his career i mean it, it not an unknown fact that he was well those of us in chicago are very well aware of it well but we, he, he, we've he taken advantage of it well yeah there's that that whole possible story i'm not sure that ozzy Gian may have gotten him drunk before a pivotal game against the white Sox, but I'm pretty sure that did happen. <laughs> I'll, I will always blame Ozzy for that failure on Miggy's part, but he was also famously not pulled over. He was on the side of the road in uh, spring training in Florida one year. Uh, yeah, I remember that story. Yeah, he actually the story the story I heard is that he actually took a big swig of of whatever he was drinking while uh, the cop, uh, yeah while the cop up. was there. Yeah, so they couldn't put him under a breathalyzer because they witnessed him drinking at the time. So it would it would actually invalidate the drunk driving charge. So I don't know what happened there, but it's not, it's not a secret that Miggy has some issues with alcohol that he's overcome clearly. So that's just another layer of irony that the A's certainly didn't understand. Or if they did, they're again, they're, they're assholes for giving them a cheap bottle of wine. It's just sad. Again, any kind of gesture is cool. And he made, he, he was a good sport about it. Of course he, you know, he was joking about it. It was no, was not he was certainly not offended or anything and it's it's not an obligation for any teams to to give him anything i think it's cool that they are but just embarrassing in and in a just a horribly embarrassing year for the Oakland A's so yeah i thought i thought that was a perfect asshole of the week do you, i just picture miggy like going to someone's house for a party and he just brings that bottle of wine with him. yeah yeah who knows but <laughs> he finishes career with 511 home runs tied for 25th all time with Mel Ott. Uh, he finished with 3174 3, hits. 3174 hits. 16th all time. Yeah, he, he is a good final year to be honest. He was like, he was probably at the highest batting average on the team besides Riley Green. No, but seriously, like he wasn't embarrassing. The last he was week not of the, embarrassing. The last week of the season, he had a home run, which was fucking awesome. 
He had a three hit night. I think the last weekend of the season, we've seen a lot of guys on their farewell tours. It's bad. Just have bad seasons. Like, that's what I can s- I saw it coming eight years ago. I thought from Miggy, but, how bad. But even been. last year, last year we were like, "Holy shit!" We, mm. you, I remember you were like, "Fuck, we got to endure one more year of this contract." Well, and I, I endorsed them buying him out. That was my yes, off-season plan. That Buy was your out. off-season plan, yeah. But was, you know what? Mistaken again. No, but I mean, like, I'm actually happy because he is—he was a treasure to baseball. Yeah. The fun on the field, the joking around. I mean. Like the the tigers and 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 that's what always makes me laugh. Like tigers fans and White Sox fans or White Sox fans and Cubs fans or whatever the fans are doing is hilarious. But when you watch the players on the field for a lot of it, twins an exception to this rule. But um, like <laughs> there's there's a, a general a guardians maybe too, but there's a general like you know, the players respect one another and there's fun on the field and all that. And, and Miggy never lost that. Miggy never got caught up in the hype of what was going on in a series between a foe. Like I know that guy, I'm friends with that guy. Like who fucking cares? I'm going to go to the, I'm going to be at first base and fuck around with them. I'm going to go to first base and fuck around. I'm going to go to second base and fuck around. You know, like (laughs) he was a joy. He was doing that. The, through the end of his career. That's what's yeah. so cool. He's, he was just universally loved. And I think that's yeah. so awesome, but he's got the numbers to back it up. I mean, he, he is, does. he's he a is hall of famer, man. No the doubt. The only player in history to have 3000 hits, 500 home runs and win the triple crown. He's one of only three players. And I've mentioned this before, 3000 hits, 600 doubles and 500 home runs to join pools and Hank Aaron. I mean, everything what's what's that guy got to be sad about he he, let's let's hope the writers enjoyed him yeah well (laughs) if he's not unanimous first ballot i mean again i think he is he should be unanimous first i i checked out in the hall of fame years yeah i know fuck uh, fuck it who who cares but we know they announced we know they announced this this past week that he's going to be continuing with the tigers organization as a special assistant i saw that yeah that's pretty cool that that is super cool because i didn't know if he would just you know go back to venezuela or if he would maybe move move to florida back where you know his his career started in miami i didn't know if he would keep ties with detroit and he, he wants he he wants nothing but to stay involved in the community and with the detroit tigers and i was not necessarily i didn't really think about it i guess what what he would do but I was I was not surprised. I guess I just didn't think about it. But I think it's so cool that that he's going to be part of the organization. He's not going anywhere. It's a similar role to what Jim Leland has taken with the with the Tigers. He's he's kind of around. He's a, they call him the special assistant, whatever whatever that means. Kind of an ambassador. I think that's what what Miggy will be doing more in the community and stuff. But super cool, awesome way to end. It's just so much better than I than I feared it would. Uh, I just. There, the way things were trending was 180 degrees from what it ended up being. It was just a joy to watch this last season of his. And the last weekend, Tigers did a great job of honoring him throughout the weekend. Fans sold out the stadium all weekend. It it was just super cool. It was great weather. Perfect send-off. Very emotional, uh, tearful goodbye, but very happy. And he's he's not going anywhere. He's sticking around with the organization. So it's about the best way that story could end. Except yeah. for the ninety dollar bottle of wine, 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's all I've got for my Tigers. Are you ready? Are you prepared to talk about your Chicago White Sox? Ozzy Guillen on the line here on WSCR with Bob Brunley, Mike North, Fred Humner, Annie Mack. How you doing, Ozzy? Oh, shut the fuck up. That ball hit high and deep. Way back. Way back. And he not quite out of here. Dad, get it. The Meyer to mediocrity. Tell me about when you were being interviewed for the potential White Sox manager's job. I was drunk. You've got to be bleak. Yeah, here's all I have to say. They <laughs> are a huge disappointment. They have ruined baseball for me. Thank you very much. Last season, you ended the year saying that was the most disappointing no, this season is even wor- ever- this is, is even worse. How? I, I don't know how to quantify that. I could definitely see you. I'll tell you why it's worse. worse. Why it's worse. Because we all, uh, every Sox fan... God damn it, you're making me talk about this more. Every Sox fan went in with, went in with the expectation that Tony La Russa was the problem. Yeah. But he was not the problem. The team is the problem. Roster construction. The ro- Right, exactly. The roster construction is the problem. So they fired the two people who were in charge of the roster construction. There's logic so, there, at least. Right, there is logic there. But what do you do now? Now, they, now Chris gets to his credit has brought fucking people in from the outside you made a lot of hires in the last couple weeks yeah he's brought people from different organizations that's the smartest from the outside which is the smartest thing someone could do but is there any way that (laughs) and not to say that he definitely is the manager but let's just let's just go forward with the idea because he's been endorsed not that People can't change their minds, but that Pedro Grafal is the manager. Is there any way that he can extract the the people, the the players he's left with, that he's hamstrings to? Yeah, that he can extract their potential. Because I feel like I've said this line before. We saw a healthy Makata after the after the back issues coming back and 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 putting up his insane numbers through the end of the season. Of course, they were all meaningless. Yeah. But we saw that happen. Can he extract that talent from, from the core, quote-unquote, that's left with additions and, and make this team to the promised competitive hmm. nature that they're supposed to be next season? And I'll be honest, I don't see it happening. That's a lot of ifs. That's a lot of things that need to fall into place. It's way too many ifs. You know, two of the two of the hundred lost seasons have been under Reinstorf. Two of them were under Bill Vec. One of them, there's five. One of them was before Bill Vec's time. I mean, I think that's I think that's an indictment of Reinstorf right there. That two of their most historic lost seasons happened with him at the helm. Um I saw a stat that maybe I've got it wrong, but I thought this was your sixth worst record in history. But the other one was well, well I think a hundredth, maybe sixth worth worst record. But I think it's okay. the, the fifth hundred loss. It was. Oh, I see. Yeah, maybe it was uh, before the maybe it was 156 games or something that changed it. But probably they went by winning percent 1970 1948 1932 and 2008 Yikes. yeah 
Yeah, I've got so, the tiger. Like I've got the Tigers and Cubs World Series years memorized. I know they're 100 loss years. Well, I have it up here on a stat just so I could get it right for you because I, I did see it. that it was your worst run differential since I, 1948. I anticipated your grilling on this, so I had it ready to answer. You know but, me well. Yeah, I do. Um, but I mean. I don't know. Like I, well, I read. We don't need I read, to dissect. We'll, yeah, we'll I mean, I'll be honest. Season. I read the I read the entire Vinny Dubar. Um, I didn't listen to it. I read the interview with Pedro Gofal. And when you actually read the interview, you you listen to Pedro Gofal, and God damn, you just wonder like his attitude is a hundred percent correct. Mm. But what are they like? How can they not? What are they not doing to get these guys? They got the wrong guys built in, right? They got the wrong guys. So, like, is I mean, I mean, here's what I'll say: Mankata went healthy. Out of all of these guys, Mankata went healthy. Awesome, def- a very good defender at third, an incredible bat. But it's when healthy, so that's the problem. Mm-hmm. Eloy Jimenez. I agree with that assessment at the, you know, like he's one of those guys who's like, I just want to have fun. He's not a leader. We, he's not a leader. That. Right. Um, Andrew Vaughn. I've looked at the numbers again. So similar to Canerco. I'm not willing to throw away the Andrew Vaughn. You've got time to, to watch him develop. Tim Anderson, huge question mark. So many issues there off the field that just lead to weird here's, shit on the field. And here's and here's here's the juxtaposition in the offseason. And this is something you and I have, have talked about ad nauseum with do you do the option and hope for it's that cheap, isn't it like eleven? It's 11 fourteen. Million? It's fourteen. That's pretty cheap for a, it, it's very cheap because I don't know if you saw my post, but Everyone on White Sox Twitter has been like, oh my God, you know, Mikata's 24 million and blah, blah, blah. It doesn't fucking matter, guys. The what, here's the one thing Rick Hahn may have that. accomplished. It's average annual value when it comes to the cap. You know what? The, the White Sox payout salary is like over $100 million. Their average annual value is $55 million. The thing, Here's yeah, the problem. You're never going to get right. Storf is not going to, yeah. not going to say I'm only, I only have 55 million against the cap. I'm going to go crazy. Right. That's not going to happen. That's the problem. But the white Sox could with proper ownership, which is not going to happen, but the white Sox have every dollar available to they have more dollars available to them they can spend anything they want they can spend anything they want what do they want but what do they want i want them to exhaust every cap dollar i want them to exhaust whatever that is there's almost 200 million dollars in cap dollars they can exhaust but they will not so oh sorry so that being said I'm going in with very low expectations next season, but I feel after I get through the playoffs, I will have a, and this, I I honestly feel so much better about baseball since you and I have been on the air. (laughs) It's not much. I enjoy talking baseball with you, Smitty. Like 
I can do I can do more playoff baseball podcasts now. Right. I feel so much better. I wish we would have done this two weeks ago. I wish I would have submitted two <laughs> weeks ago because I feel so much better. Um, but I, you know, I, I will say I was in a little bit of, you know, I gave you shit about finally being a Cubs fan, but I think part of me was always um, this blind hearted White Sox fan. And I always, I gave them the benefit of the doubt going into last season. And then last season soured me. And now I've become a hundred percent White Sox realist, which is everything that happened in 2005 was because everything lined up perfectly. And I don't know if people understand what that means, but that means pitching rotation was just, yeah, but I I still can't explain that. It literally means everything that they did at a minimum, because they are a baseball organization because of giant Jerry Reinstorf that perform that, that performs in the off season and with signings at the baseball minimum lined up perfectly for them to succeed, which is why, and it makes perfect sense why there wasn't sustained success from that championship because everything lined up perfectly that year. Tadahio Azuki. <laughs> what the fuck is he doing right now? <laughs> you know, like, like, like that's just one. Uh, uh, they had three closers that year. Shingo, Dustin Hermanson, and then the- thanks. Get me El Gordo, Bobby Jenks. So, and Jenks, Jenks was a was a phenomenal talent for the years he went through the leagues until he crashed his car in Boston. But with a DUI, speaking of DUIs, but um, you know, it, it's like they are an organization at, right now with their ownership that will only succeed. And what I mean by succeed is get to the World Series. I'm not even saying win the World Series, get all the way to the World Series. Wow. If everything aligns, if they hit the jackpot on chemistry and talent for that year, they get the most, if they can extrapolate the most talent out of every player that year. And that's what they did in 2005. And they've been unable to do that since then, despite. Rick Hahn, by every fucking beat writer's assessment, every pro assessment of the White Sox saying he made every fucking right move. They've been predicted to win the World Series three times under his helm and have come up zero that equated to, correct me if I'm wrong, one playoff win under his helm. I think you're right. Yeah. So... There you go, all you fucking pros. You don't know fucking shit. You know as much as the two of us know. So fuck you, double funger fingers. <laughs> wow, that was That's the diatribe. I- that was the diatribe I needed to hear. Yeah, we did hear for the first time in a decade from Jerry Reinsdorf. He did speak towards the future of the White Sox. Unfortunately, his future referenced <laughs> Branch Ricky multiple times. 
And he said the type of player he wanted was David Eckstein, which is just, it was just unbelievable. I don't know if you, if you and, and he also him. said he would never. We're not even going to talk about Otani because I'd never pay for him. Yeah, he needs no, to like, that. He yeah, started laughing yeah. when they when they brought that up. So, <sighs> I mean, I think sucks. everything I just said supports everything you just said. So. Yeah. So the strategy, I mean, you, you can put hope behind Getz. I, I think he's a he's an intelligent guy. I think you could look at his track record as being the head of your farm system and say, what the fuck? <laughs> what the that fuck? Us? Yeah, right. But is that a case of kind of the Bill Parcells? Like, if you're going to let me cook, let me buy the groceries. He was supplied the groceries by Rick Hahn. A hundred percent. I so agree with that it, statement it, too. I'm going to give gets the benefit of the doubt. I'm also going to give him the benefit of the doubt for what you just talked about. He's, he's hired a slew of individuals from outside of the organization, which I feel like you've had the most incestuous organization for quite some time to get some oh outside God. ideas is the years. smartest thing to do. I, I don't know much about the hires, but just the idea that he's going outside the organization, I think makes perfect sense to me. But yeah, I agree. Again, you've got the, your core I think we've established they're, they're the wrong players. So th- this is going to, this is going to take some time to, to dig out from. And boy, the, the other strategy, which is sad and gross that I'm going to say, but and I think you've said it, we have, we have to wait for Reinsdorf to pass on and the family to sell the team to, to new ownership and see where that takes you. But the, the, the way it's currently set up is, is bleak. Rat poison is available, folks. Oh, my God. I do have one more question before we get Yeah, on. go ahead. Go ahead. Feel did, free. Did they ever solve how that how those people no. got shot okay, at the White no, Sox game? With a shot spotter alert near the uh, baseball park tonight. 42-year-old woman shot in the leg. 26-year-old woman grazed in the abdomen. Ugh, I can actually hear you getting fatter. <laughs> No, no, I just read an article. So I, a, I keep a tribute in digital subscription because I do like wow. like traditional articles because I'm fucking old. Yeah. And they literally had an article last week on how the case may never be solved. That they can that um what, um, what the, the biggest issue with it is the lawyer who was hired by the gunt that hid the gun apparently allegedly allegedly they've they've gone like fucking ghosting right they've disappeared like like they're not saying anything anymore well that's the legal side of it there's a criminal side of this if there's no i know i know and the and the cops because i think there's pressure from reinstorf and the that's where i was gonna go with this yes to not say that a gun made it into the stadium. Oh my god, this can't be true. It that, is 100% true, you man. You can't this have is, that kind this of This is my my hardball deep throat on this investigation based on what I've read and what I've determined by everyone that Reinstorf and Brandon Johnson for whatever reason our new mayor mm. here have kowtowed with the the Temper the um not temporary the what's what's the bridge between a real police chief or whatever the temp yeah temporary police chief have kowtowed to the pressure 
from the White Sox organization to just be like, it's a mystery. See, I, I would think that Reinsdorf would want would want that solved 100% so he could tell fa- reassure fans that it's not dangerous to go to White Sox games. You think one way or the other, you know, if, if it was a crazy random shot from outside of the stadium, maybe up to a mile away, maybe that is disturbing if that's the truth. That's, that's also, there's no good, by the way. Right. But when you heard what you just said, you realize <laughs> there's no game. good storyline here. The, the, you know, it's and then almost just, better that someone did it. bring in a gun somehow, they can just up security and get, like we talked about at the time, get, get modern security devices at your gates instead of the old metal detectors, which are easily to thwart like the, like organizations like the Cubs have that they detect gunpowder. They don't, they don't worry about Not metal. Just the Cubs, all the fucking concert venues. I just walked exactly, through, exactly. I walked through one, uh, uh, a few nights ago at the Riviera, uh, Robin and I went and saw Slow Dive. That's the exact thing I rocked through. And I didn't have to take anything out of my fucking pocket. Yeah, it's better for fans. It's better for safety. It's better for everything. I just haven't spent the money on it, which is just yeah. sad. But You fucking cheap bastard. I'm not I mean, a crime show. I, I know crime shows are like the most popular thing on TV besides the NFL, but do you watch any of those like crime unsolved mysteries or I don't CSI? Watch, I, or... I don't want, I, I, I do watch like true crime, uh, like okay. maybe like a series so, on an Apple plus. You're more, Netflix. then you're more educated on this than I am, but I'm just looking at this as an amateur. Okay. Just at this case. An amateur. There are hundreds of witnesses in the stands. There are, there were two wounds on two individuals where you could, can't you, automatically determine trajectory once you have two wounds you know the position of those two people draw a straight line between those two wounds and you know where the gunshot came from if it came from outside you have video evidence i've seen the video we i can't believe there isn't photographic evidence beyond the the beyond the hundreds of witnesses that were sitting right there when it happened most unsolved mysteries from what i there's no witnesses. Nobody knew what's. Nobody saw what happened. Nobody heard what happened. You can't solve it because no one was there. You don't know what's well, going no on. No one heard. No one heard what happened. That's a hundred percent true. Well, then that leads to the outside bullet theory, which exactly. how can they not? Well, just solve this. This is solvable. So I'm. You're back to your your point, where the truth is being squashed by somebody because there's there's no way they couldn't figure this out. This is this yeah. seems too obvious. Here's what I'll tell you, and I've watched that video multiple times. It is the weirdest fucking video for an, and I'll, I'll whatever. It will say alleged gunshot going off in the park. The only people that react to it are the two wounded individuals, right? Yeah. Everyone else, everyone else is just sitting there like nothing fucking is going on, and then they signal to security. Yeah. Two people who were interviewed who were season ticket holders right by them were like, we didn't even know what was happening. Yeah. I mean, this, that should be all the evidence they need to point them in the right direction. At least like, yeah. How could this not be solved other than nefarious means? So what a ridiculous, just another ridiculous point to a ridiculous season for you guys. Sorry. I I am. You're not going to want my pity, but I do. I do feel bad. I hate that you hate baseball right now. This kills. I, I love that this podcast is helping you tonight, but it actually made me sad when you told me you hadn't watched a game since September 3rd. I couldn't blame you. Certainly couldn't blame you. I, I don't, 
I don't want your spirit to be crushed because I know you love baseball more than anything the way I do. The NFL is pretty fun, but it's always taking a back seat for, for us. And I think it needs needs to take its rightful place back back in back in the front of your life. So I I love to give you shit and we give each other shit. That's the whole point of this blog and podcast. And but I feel like this is this is taking it like the White Sox have taken this to a disturbing level. They sure and have. I don't want to see it any longer. So I'm I'm rooting for you guys. You keep me back Even just 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 play respectable baseball right like the tigers have a losing record but they played respectable baseball this year they entertained me they did entertain that's that's all i was asking for going into the season like just yeah play play solid baseball they're they're gonna make mistakes they entertained me too i like like as far as i'm concerned the best team on this podcast are is the detroit tigers right now wow well we'll see what We'll get, to, we'll get to our off-season predictions. We'll have we'll have more shows coming up. But I need to take a break here, if you don't mind, and we'll oh, come back cool. to talk about. I gotta our, go to the. I gotta take a piss. Yeah, I'm, I'll be pissing myself shortly if I don't take a break. Right now. <laughs> All right, so well, let's we'll get back break. with our Nostradamus recap predictions from preseason and our badass of the year. We'll be right, right. back here on the Wordhole Media <laughs> Network. Wordhole Media. Hey everybody, how you doing out there? This is Pete from Major League A Holes the Show, and are you enjoying our podcast? Well, if you are, why don't you show us some love and support us and get something in return at our new aesthetic shop? Do you like to annoy your inner town rivals? Then White Sox fans, why don't you buy a Rizzo suck shirt or you fucking A's fans, get a Posey Suck shirt from our Ass Face of the Franchise collection. You want to celebrate the legends of baseball? We got the hammer, the bird, the wizard. Oh, the great catfish hunter, as the great Hawk Carrollson used to say. He loved catfish. That's from our badass collection. Or do you want to just support your area? So you got the Northside, Southside, Motor City, and Bay Area collections. Again, all of this is available at aesthetics.shop. The official shit of Major League A-Holes. All right, we are back after long pisses on the Wordhole Media Network. And a uh, power outage. Yeah, we had a power outage. Lots of shit's happened. I had a wardrobe change because it's getting really fucking hot in here. It's a long podcast. We haven't been podcasting for a while, so we're already at the hour and a half mark. So we're fucking amateurs, but... Sit back, relax, and strap it down. I think we need to talk about our hilarious preseason Nostra dumbass predictions that we do every year. Fucking genius says right here. This year seems to seems to be uh, taking the cake somehow from how ridiculous. So at least some of mine. I, I don't remember yours, uh, but I think you've got you've got both of our our preseason predictions for division winners, wild card winners, World Series winners, which is hilarious. And then we went through our uh, MVPs, Cy Youngs, and Rookies of the Year. Yeah, I feel like. In a way, if you take it like holistically on who made the playoffs, it may not be so bad. That those weren't terrible. It's the ones that we missed on, which are hilarious. I think I got well, nine. It, it, I think I got nine out of the twelve playoff participants correct. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's, it's the World bad. Series matchup where we ultimately bad. failed. Yeah, but let's so, go. Th- let's go through the list. All right, so I'm going to start with you, Smitty. Okay. Division winners. Toronto, Philly, White Sox. Nope. 
Oh, the White Sox. Remember, <laughs> remember what I did though. I picked the White Sox because I thought you should win, but I was also putting the jinx on you guys to make well, sure. Apparently, it worked. It's worked uh, two years in a row because I keep picking you and you keep getting worse. So Milwaukee. Did I walk? Hey, Houston. And then another great jinx, the San Diego Padres. That, that I feel like everybody made that pick and I, they almost made the playoffs. They had a furious run at the end of the season. That is inexplicable. We talked about it a little bit earlier. We talked about now here's where you, here's where you clean up a lot. Wild card Orioles. Hmm. Braves. Yeah. Rays Dodgers. They're all in the playoffs. Seattle. Yeah, I mean, fell short and then Seattle's then, close. And Very then the close. Marlins and the Marlins got the Marlins. Yeah. So I got a lot of that. Um, Atlanta, I underestimated somehow just having them get a wild card instead of running away with the division. But All right. You and I, you and I were great at not picking New York teams, which I'm sure plenty of people. Were. Well, no, no, but I did. I did it. So here's my, mm. my division winners are the Astros, the guardians, whoops, the Yankees, Ooh. the Padres, the Cardinals. Oh, and then the, and then the Phillies. So yeah, whatever. Then my yeah. wild cards were the Mariners, the White Sox, the Blue Jays, uh. right? Dodgers won division. Mm-hmm. No one out of the central. And then the Marlins and the Braves. So it was really the NL East that really Somehow so I had nine out of 12. How many did you end up? I think you had one, nine. two, three. Oh, I had the, had the math already done. Four, five. People love slow. Six. I had six. Podcasts. I had six. I only had six, right? Oh, wow. So I win there. I win six there. playoff people, right? Six okay. playoff players, right? Participants. Participants. So let's, uh, well, I think we just jumped straight to the World Series because we weren't going to predict, predict every fucking round. But we Which both, we're wrong! We both inexplicably chose the Toronto Blue Jays to play the San Diego Padres. I can't believe, first of all, I can't believe we both picked the same World we, Series. We were making fun of ourselves again. Yeah. Is this two years in a row where we've been really similar on our picks? Uh, yeah, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. We need to get away from that. But just I mean, send me your picks next year, and then I'll <laughs> I'll just do some office. Do something right? different. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It fade, might help one. Fade it, the might, picks. it might help one of us succeed in this. I mean, maybe that's exactly <laughs> what we should do. Yeah, I think I think it's a perfect strategy. So yeah. Or I'll I mean, send you mine, and then you do the opposite, or whatever, whichever. Just... Well, yeah. One of our World Series participants didn't even make the playoffs, and the other flamed out in two games in the, in the wild card round. So. That is a, I'll call that a failure. Uh, we obviously don't know what we're talking about, but how many people do before the season starts? I'm not sure if anyone has a perfect, perfect record, but it's fun to yeah. do that. We will be accountable for our predictions. This is why we do this part, the show every postseason. So what's the, even funnier, I think, and I think I sent, I sent this to you. I think I had the Padres who didn't even make the playoffs over the Blue Jays. At least you had the Blue okay. Jays beating the Padres. I had the Blue but... Jays winning, yeah. Yeah, so in five, yeah, <laughs> not even close, not even close. The individual awards are where things get well, some are okay, but some things are fucking hilarious, at least on my side. So, you know, have you... you have AL MVP as Vincata. <laughs> Let's start out with the hilarious. I, I have was, o- I have Otani, I think I'm safe. Yeah, you you won that for sure. Uh, I was swept away with. Yohan Mankata's performance in the World Baseball Classic 
where you saw his true potential finally uh he was crushing it when he was properly motivated and healthy and we didn't see hardly any of that with his white Sox season so i don't know if that speaks to luck or motivation but i think we can all draw our own conclusions there but yeah i um, was sure i i, I just I was teetering. I wanted to pick a White Sox just to kind of hedge my bets and uh, drive you crazy. And I was head going back and forth between Mankata and Luis Robert Jr., which I, I made the wrong choice there. But it didn't matter anyway because it wouldn't Co- matter anyway. Shohei Otani is going to run away with the AL MVP. Um, NL, NL MVP. I mean, probably in the somewhat in the conversation. Train Trey Turner. He had a horrible first half. His second half is MVP worthy yeah. for sure. But yeah, I I would have felt better about that if he hadn't. He was historically bad in the first half. And, and I had Juan Soto. I mean, oh, I didn't I didn't have any issues with that at all. I thought that could have been a legit pick, but. Clearly, it will be Ronald Acuna Jr. Uh, that is without a shadow of the doubt. He is the first. Oh my God. 40, 70 player in history. He's the 40, first 40, 60 player in history. That yeah. He wasn't allowed to enjoy the moment according to your Cubs broadcast. <laughs> oh yeah. I, I want, yeah, we should talk about this. Uh, that was hilarious. One thing. Uh, yeah. Ronald Cunha jr. Broke. Well, didn't break a record. He, he got his 70th steal, which just makes him part of the 40 home run 70 steel club. That is, he's the only member of, which is cool. It's not Ricky Henderson breaking Lou Brock's stolen base record. It's, it's a little different, but yeah, I, I wanted to be happy. It's elite it. status. It's elite status, though. It's big. It's huge. Uh, he did the same thing that Ricky Henderson did. Pulled out the base. Didn't have a speech. They did have a. They had a mon like a video, yeah, video montage, montage ready to go. Yeah. Uh, the problem was it was in extra innings, <laughs> tenth inning in a tie game. It, it was in, very in, critical for the for the Cubs to win that game, which they did not. Uh, that was the only questionable thing. I, I don't have a problem with it. I, I'm not. First of all, I love Acuna Jr. I, I, I'm blown away with the 4070 club. I, I get it. Uh, I what I do really like, and probably no one else will, is Book Shambi and Jim Desay, Jim Deshays are very mild mannered. Usually, they are not big time homers. They're not caustic in any way. And I feel like I want more anger out of my announcers. I want a little more. JD is a homerism. He, he's getting there. He, he was pissed, which was, which was surprising. The first thing he said is, I don't think the, the Cubs dugout is going to take this well. And Shambi was getting, getting fired up too, which I, Shambi's, I love Shambi, but he is, he still feels like a national announcer because he is and he came from ESPN. He's doing, he was doing the uh, Brewers and um, Diamondback series. So I want him to get more, more to being a Cubs homer. So I kind of like that. I don't like that. It happened against Ronald Acuna jr. It, it was a weird moment. I'm not going to give Acuna jr. Shit for it. He needs to celebrate that shit. I thought it was a little bit, odd that the you know the Braves were prepared to stop that game at that moment with their video montage and you know it fucks up our pitcher and it the Cubs lost the game and the next at bat so that that's more the Cubs doing than, than the video montage so 
I get why you could you would make fun of the 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 Cubs or Cubs fans for being pissed about that. I, I I'm on your side in that regard. If if people were irate about it, or I wasn't irate scared. about it. I just thought it no. Was if you were making fun of people that were irate about it, oh, well, people that were irate about it, yeah, hilarious. But I found it almost ironic because I feel like anything that ever like if the same situation happened with the Cubs. They would do the same exact fucking thing. I and that's I mean, the you can irony. say that. I don't that's know the irony of it. I don't know like how that would come up. Or I mean, we're talking about a team, that. we're talking about a team that fucking puts up a video board of a dead guy singing the fucking seventh not, inning stretch. Not in the tenth right inning of a, of a critical game. So I still not, think there's a very huge possibility that happened based on Cubs history. You're projecting and their celebration of minor victories. Your South Side over the years is showing. So, you, but I, I, I get, I get why. I'm glad we we talked about this at least because I thought it was funny. I wanted to get my my point out there. Uh, I'm not sure. I I don't know what the right thing to do in that situation is. The that base was going to be there <laughs> at the end of the game, no matter what. No one was going to be walking away with that base, so he didn't need to claim that at the moment. Um, so I, but at the same time, I agree. I agree with like the fact that he doesn't need to claim the base. I don't know that the, the, the little video montage is such a bad thing. Like, like you, they were trying to celebrate the exact moment. So could have happened five minutes later. The biggest problem with it. I think if the Cubs were two games up in the wild card, the reaction would have been completely different. Of course. And the night before. And, and, and that, and that's, and that's the thing about it. Don't blame the Braves for well, your team's collapse. There's, there's a lot end. of, there's a lot of baggage there. Yeah. There's a lot happening. There's a lot of emotion. So yeah, I, I think you're right. You're definitely right in that regard. They were carrying other issues of their own making into that emotional moment. So I, I could see criticism for, for the Cubs announcers. I didn't hear anything from the Cubs. Necessarily yeah, complaining about it. Organization did not complain about it. They it may was, have been bitching about it in the dugout at the time. They may have. I mean, who knows? But yeah, uh, but I mean, like the, nothing. The announcers. It's like you didn't hear Rossi, who is not afraid with sharing his feelings, which I enjoy about him too. You love Rossi. I. This I, is a very I, pro I, Rossi stance. I used you. to. Whole I podcast. Mean, I mean, seriously, folks. You were not a fan. This guy was expected to win 77 fucking games. And he had these guys on the cusp of going to the playoffs. Wow. If you don't think he did a good job, then you can fuck off. <laughs> that's all I have to say. You, you used to give Rossi a lot of shit. I did. That's why that's what's even more like, I can admit when I made a mistake, unlike you, but I mean, like, I'm, Whoa! I'm joking. Whoa! I'm, just, I'm, I'm throwing shade. I'm just fucking around. There we go. This, but, is, like, this is what Thirsty fun. Thursdays are good for. Having We've fun. I'm drunk. It's good. <laughs> but, but like, no, no, all kidding aside, like, like David Ross moved up a huge notch mm. in my book this year because literally. You're being recorded right now. I know. I will look at the team that was constructed. Yeah. And outside of getting the most you could have out of Cody Bellinger mm-hmm. and remove that from the equation, make him Cody Bellinger of the three seasons prior or whatever that is, four seasons prior. That team is probably even less than 77 wins. Yeah. So, and then who the fuck is Justin Steele folks? We know who he is now. We didn't know coming into the season. 
So like he could have won the Cy Young, but we'll get we'll get to that in our badass yeah, year. But like seriously, like anyone throwing shade on Ross, fuck off. You throw shade on the construction of the team, and I'll be honest. There's a reason the team was predicted to win 77 wins. It was not constructed to win the amount of wins they won. And that is where 83. That is where you could say the manager got them six extra wins. I honestly believe it. And that's why a manager is important to the team. And that's why if the fucking White Sox would have gotten Bruce Brochi. I'd be talking about the White Sox in the next round of the fucking playoffs right now. Oh, we got to have the, the revolving door, sliding doors of history conversation. <laughs> well, that's you the, didn't hire Tony that, Russa that, that, is, that, is my, Hinch. that is my movie. My movie oh my is, God. remember the movie? Remember the movie I, I, I pitched last, the very last episode. That's how long the episode's been. It's if they never fire La Russa. If well, Hawk you took it all the way back to, yeah, yeah, you took it back to 1983. I yeah. About, or what, 85 when they actually fired him? Yeah, 86. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, 86. Okay. If they don't, if they don't fire La Russa, the White Sox are like five time world champions. Yeah. But just think if you had only hired AJ Hinch and not given him to the Tigers when he could have. Mm, yeah. The Tigers have been so successful. But anyway, uh, I digress. You love the Tigers. I do love the Tigers and David this, Ross. What's going on here? I know if we only had hired David Ross, really. If we if we continue this podcast long enough, you keep drinking. You might be a Cubs fan by the end of this. No, I told you. I'm. If anything, I'm going to be the the hat you're wearing. <laughs> All right. I will never it. give in to the Cubs. You're the D. We we, we haven't finished our Nostradamus. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. We, let me let me pull that back up. We Jesus. digressed. I know this is guys. This is what happens. I swear I've, I've given in. I'm not going to shade Smitty and ignore him for podcast. We haven't done a podcast in a while. So, so we we're, can, we'll be back. Some liberty to take our time we'll, with this. I say we get back, you know, probably after the next round of playoffs goes through and then we, yeah, we we'll figure it out when it give our thoughts on that. But okay. So uh, moving on to Cy Young. Oh God, <laughs> double bad because Otani goes down and is unable to pitch for you. So mm. he's not going to win the Cy Young, but I will give you credit that he was on his way to winning yeah. the Cy Young. Uh, he was in the mix at least. I'm not at sure he would have won mix. it, but yeah. Mine's even worse. Cause I picked Dylan Cease. Ooh. Oh yeah. Oh. Is the ERA in the fours this year? Yeah. Four Oh four something. I still am confused on that. And then for the AL, and I'll be honest, I don't know where this NL. Did I say AL? Sorry, the NL, and I don't know where this shakes out. But Corbin Burns was both of our picks. Yeah, we both picked him, and he flamed out in the. Well, he he was good, but I mean, he was. Yeah, uh, he didn't. He two never run got... lead in the wild card game, blew that the other night. So well, that doesn't affect the wild card series. No, I know, but it's just season. an example of he yeah. was not a Cy Young. Now, I think we might have a chance here. We're gonna go to we're gonna go to rookies. We both have Gunnar Henderson from Baltimore. Yeah, see, I haven't paid close enough attention to know what what who's gonna take that. I know he got right. called up, and I I didn't see his numbers, but I just it, it'd be hard to hard to quantify that at this point. Let's see. I can tell you, Hayden Wisniewski did not win. Rookie of the Year from the Cubs. 
No, it's nasty. Yeah, and I had fucking the dude from the Cardinals, um, uh, Jordan Walker. Jordan Walker. Yeah. Yeah. Eh. Well, we don't need to dwell on that. So we can. I think we should move on from our Nostradamus predictions since. Just proving that we're dumbasses and why we call it Nostradamus. I think no one is is smart when it comes to this. I don't think anyone's ever proud of their predictions preseason because baseball is endlessly fascinating, endlessly unpredictable. Uh, it's it's impossible. That's why we do it. It's fun to talk about the preseason. It's even more fun to make fun of ourselves at the end, but nobody knows what the fuck they're talking about by the end of 162 games. So. I think we should move on to our very first, or this would be our inaugural Badass of the Year Awards. What's this guy supposed to be, the ultimate badass? Oh, man, I see some crazy-ass shit in my town. I don't believe what I just saw! I swear I've seen a lot of stuff in my life, but that was awesome. What you see here, this is what you get. That's it. You like it, you like it. Don't beat it. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? And this ball is long gone. Mercy. What in the world? Woo-woo! We started our Badass of the Week this year, which I think that was an unmitigated success. We got to talk about performances throughout the weeks. Our of players on all five of our teams. We got to talk to about Lewis Robert. Every we talked week. about Lewis Robert a lot. We talked about Cody Bellinger a lot. Uh, when we do this every week, it kind of gives you a pulse for, you know, clearly who's having a great season. Uh, but it gives it gave us time to promote uh, you know players that were having a great week or you know players that you wouldn't ne- necessarily think about as a uh, you know being being the best on a team. But for one week, if somebody puts up big numbers, that we, we were able to give recognition to those guys. I thought it was fun. You and I had a blast talking about it. We pretty much nominate everybody from all five of our teams. Except for the A's only had a few nominations, but we didn't have too many disagreements every week, like de- determining who is that. Cause who gives a fuck? I'm not going to argue forever about who the, who the ultimate badass that week was. We can we'll get over it, but it led to some fun conversations, at least how you compare numbers and how you, uh, how you evaluate things and maybe take away your home, your home team biases potentially. But I put together a list of my nominations. You, well, you sent yours to me a couple of weeks ago and you tried to shoot down some of my ideas before they could even get on the air. But <laughs> I love that. But uh, you can shoot me down now that I, added I will to the list. If you can, if you can, uh, Read off maybe from the bottom. Yeah, you want to start well, with pitchers or batters? I don't well, know. Where well, you want to start, start off offensive? We'll start offensively. All offensive. right, we we got a guy. I, I I was in agreement with you. Like, fuckers, shut up. He's gonna be good. Spencer Torkelson. Uh, mainly give him time. Yeah, that was, that's what I and, didn't like about the. It's the same with White Sox fans. It's like, yeah. it's like, give the fucking player time. You don't even realize the He may have been on the team for like two fucking years, but look at the amount of a bats he's officially had and shit. That's, that's another example to realize every fan base is the same, especially yeah. on social media. They're all jump the gun. They all say stupid shit constantly. It's not that th- there is no smarter fan base than another fan base. It, it's I'll all silly. You, I'll give you the best example. Last year, end of the season. Trey Jake Berger this year, 
Jake, Jake Berker gets traded. Oh. Worst trade in White Sox history. <laughs> Make up oh. your mind, guys. I said it last year. I'm saying it with I'm saying with Andrew Vaughn. When Andrew Vaughn hits fucking 38 home runs this year, this upcoming season. Don't say I didn't tell you so. It's interesting because I think we talked about this before. Uh, Andrew Vaughn and Spencer Torkelson are actually trained together. I think yeah, they went to school together. They remind me of each other. Like I think of Torkelson as a, a young, a, a year or two younger than than Vaughn. So th- their their careers kind of parallel in ways. And the now, only good news about Torkelson, he's never been asked to play out of position. So. Yeah, well, he's <laughs> he finally put the offensive numbers like the whole first half of the season. He was, he was amongst the leaders in hard hit ball rate, uh, exit velocity, all those. And it was, had nothing to show for it. It was just victim of victim of circumstances to the nth degree. And he never lost, lost his confidence. He, to his, to his credit, he just kept doing what he was doing. He was just trusting the process and that fucking paid off. Yeah. 31 home runs. How many, 88 yeah. runs, 94 ribbies, which yeah. we whatever this RBIs is, what been, is whatever. We've but, been combined. We've been comparing those stats for the every week. So I thought I'd throw throw in the same three stats. stolen bases, seven yeah. 58 OPA. OPS. Yeah, the OPS is not where you want it to be for sure, but uh, and, the power he, numbers led. He led the Tigers in every offensive category. Yeah, so. and I will say his offensive war. I looked up specifically offensive war. We're not going to look up defensive war because we're not talking about defense here. If we did, Lewis Robert runs away with this category, but 1.4 anyway, but 1.4 yeah. is his offensive war. Yeah. See, that's, that's confusing. His, his defensive war is like negative probably because yeah, his overall war is 0.8. It's weird because I watch him every day and he, <laughs> He saves so many errors from Javi Baez from bad throws to first. What? Game. He sucks up everything at first base. Javi Baez? Yeah, bad throw? Exactly. So I don't understand how those metrics play out. Like I, I, I literally, I think, and I think there's some work. I think a lot of people talk about that. There's, there's a lot of work that needs to be done on defensive metrics. I don't think of him as a bad defense, defensive first baseman. So I'm missing something. You know, clearly I don't, I don't know how those work. Uh, maybe he doesn't get to balls that he should. Maybe he doesn't make the the tough play down the line that he should. I just the the obvious ones to amateurs like you and me are the you know what he the the picks he makes at first, and he he consistently makes up for bad throws from Baez and, and yeah. others. And I've I've been impressed with his defense. So that's what. I also didn't include WAR in these because literally this this conversation could just boil down to who had the best war. And I think it'd be really boring if we just make it a war contest. That, that's, it's not even a discussion then. It's like whoever has the best war wins. I think that's probably how it mostly works out, but I think it's fun to talk about the, about the other stats at least. So, but I, I didn't certainly didn't give, I didn't think uh, Torkelson should be our badass of the year, but I wanted to at least nominate him and, and put him in my top three. Um, next is Cody Bellinger, 26 homers, all before the key stretch, mostly. Mm. Yeah. 95 runs, 97 ribbies, 20 stolen bases. I was kind of surprised by that. That's a hell of a year. That. 26 runs. Yeah. And 881 OPS. I mean. Yeah, 
that, that's a hell of a year. It's unfortunate that he wasn't putting up those same, wasn't keeping that same pace in the last month, but can't complain about that. And no one's going to say that was a bad signing for one year. No, he had two, he had two bad months. He had like, I think he got was hurt. Like, was part yeah, going it. into getting hurt in July or whatever it was, or June, he had like this horrendous now. numbers. And then he got hurt. And then, but he came back strong. He came back with insane numbers again, like he had in April and May, and then had a tail off again. So, well, not as insane numbers as your White Sox, Luis Robert Jr. Sorry for almost too, too shy of the 40 20 club. But I think adding the junior is what put him over the top this year. I think 38 home altogether. runs. Yeah, 90 runs, 80 RBIs, 20 ribbies, 857 OPS. He edges out Bellinger. Wait, 20 steals? Is that? Yeah, yeah, 20 steals. He okay, edges yeah. out Bellinger. It's funny, if you just look offensive war, he edges out Bellinger 4.4 to 4.2. That's but, but how close it is. Like 12 more home runs, and his OPS is better. So I don't No, his OPS is worse than Bellinger. Oh, is it worse? Okay. Yeah, so that's, Bellinger that's had weird. more extra base hits, obviously. Okay, that so, makes sense. So this is the major debate, which I always struggle with. And and I even hate to bring this up, but oh god, because I'm I'm tipping I'm tipping towards Bellinger, but most I mean wow. Bellinger's, Bellinger's numbers were done in the midst of a playoff hunt. Oh, so you're, you're talking about, it's almost like the MVP debate, like the yes. like most valuable yeah, player. Is yeah. that, and, a player and, be valuable if they don't make the playoffs or if and, they're not in a, and, in a and playoff And Lewis run? Robert. Useless because his team was terrible. Because his team was useless. Not his fault. That's yeah, why his he, RBI numbers are so low. Yeah, that's why his, exactly. That's why his RBI numbers are 80. No one's on base. No one's on base ahead of him. Mm. But, does that discredit Robert a little bit because, or does it not? Because Bellinger, <laughs> you've admitted, and we've talked about, he didn't really produce down the stretch when it was needed the most. So well, the way, all... yeah, I mean, that kind of mitigates it there, but the we're talking about a badass here. Who is the biggest badass? I, I kind of well, know Lewis Roberts, the biggest badass. And here. that's why I want to, that's what kind of bothers me about the MVP debate. Just, just those words valuable. You know, that, that's always, it makes that debate interesting, but I don't want to be interesting. I want to find out who the biggest badass from our five teams is. I mean, let's talk about some of the fucking home runs this dude hit. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, they were fucking massive. He was a fucking badass. I think it's not even a question. Like, All right. Even, even the year that, that Bellinger had, or that Torque had, even hitting 31 home runs. It, I'm going to turn my hat around finally. Yeah, I mean, Lewis Robert is I, our I'm, badass of the year. I'm not, I mean, as much as I, I, I was throwing a pity party for you earlier, I don't want you to be sad. I, there's, there's no disingenuousness, if that's a word, uh, about this. Like, I mean, Lewis Robert. About several times that he would have been the ML, AL MVP if it wasn't for Shonei Otani. Right? I think he would be. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think that he would be. It would be pretty simple, but Otani's Otani's a mutant, and yeah. even with him being hurt for the last month, essentially, yeah, he's gonna take it. It's it's unreal. He's he's he ended up with forty four home runs and didn't even play for the last month, pretty much. Yeah, unreal. Yeah, 
All right. Oh, so, pitchers. We didn't do this during the season. We just had one. We kind of combined pitchers and batters and batters. Yeah. Right away with That's right. This is good. It's hard. Good. It's hard for pitchers when we do it once a week because maybe they'll get two starts. And at I, one point, I forget who it was now. Was it? Somebody had close to a no hitter, but we wouldn't give it to him. Uh, I get, damn it. I forgot what it is now. But Was it uh, Strowman? Well, we did give we did give Strowman a badass of the week once because it must have been a slow offensive week for everybody. But it was someone I I made the joke. I'm like, well, he couldn't complete the no hitter, so is he really a badass? That was yeah. I don't know who that was. <laughs> yeah, you, you'll rue the day you said those words. Yes. But... <laughs> uh, it's and all I fun. and I I I know I I'm going to retract my oh. text I sent to you because. When you start extrapolating or doing math on the numbers, there's a legit reason to consider Scooble for badass of the year. I, I just wanted to, to be considered. He only played, he only had 15 starts. Everyone else has over 30, I think. Guys, so. folks, folks, <laughs> we have to look at the innings and the Ks. And if you look at the innings and the fucking Ks, and, and you look, and this is a Tigers problem that we talked about. What as I was, I don't know why, continually supportive of the Tigers throughout this podcast this season. Yeah, what's going that on? if they had a healthy pitching staff, what would they really have been this season in the AL Central? And I know I'm starting the middle of the list. Well, it informs yeah, the, bottom of, the bottom of my list. Let me just start at disagree. the bottom of the list. Clevenger. Clevenger. Grady has as many strikeouts and half as many innings, I think. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's and that's going to be my point of this whole list. In a run, better ERA. Clevenger, three seven seven ERA, very respectable. Yeah. I think actually his numbers are good enough to where I think if the Sox truly want to compete next year, they should take his option. I don't care about they whatever have to. they don't have whatever a the fuck at this they, point. Like everyone on White Sox Twitter is like not putting him in the math. They've already dealt season. with the baggage. It's not like unless yeah. there's something else stupid. This and I never season. mentioned this. The very last White Sox game I went to, there was a woman wearing a Clevenger jersey. Whoa. I know. Wow. I, I forgot to talk. This shit Pete forgot. You should have taken a to picture of that. I know. I, I felt awkward. Like I always <laughs> feel awkward about taking pictures of people. But do but it. Cle- well, we'll You're a journalist. With- God damn it. <laughs> Clevenger, 377 ERA, super respectable. 110 Ks, not that mm. great for the 131 innings pitch and a 1226 whip. He, he was respectable. His numbers were much better than I realized. Like he's, yeah. he's your best pitcher by far, which is by shocking. far the White Sox best pitcher. Erod dealt with injury, 330 ERA. Obviously, on this podcast, arguably the best pitcher. In the first two and a half months of the season, yeah. 143 Ks, 152 innings pitch, 1153 whip. Now I'm going off this Very list solid. in Smitty's order, which I think yeah, you can order, disagree with, but yeah. I think his order is somewhat correct. I would switch one and two, but whatever. Oh, but, yeah, this is a fun. But I might, there's an argument for three to be number one, and here's why. Wow. Eric Scoobel. 2.8 ERA. He had a hundred and two Ks, motherfuckers, in 80.1 innings. <laughs> now, let me do the math for you. 
Wow. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna talk about the K leader on this list, which is Logan Webb. Yeah. He pitched 216 innings and had 194 Ks. If you're looking at the pace of Scooble here, that's 204 Ks in 160 innings. That is that is less innings than Justin Steele, than Logan Webb, who are who are in Smitty's one and two spots for Ks. And then his whip. His whip is is below not one. below one. It's below, below nine. nine. It's point eight nine six. He was there's a reason why he was the AL pitcher of the month for September, and he certainly did and, not have a bad August. And you can say, oh, the Tigers were out of it in September, which is the argument I was making. Like maybe you say Lou Rob versus Bellinger, but no, never. Yeah, I don't want. This but, is a bad but, but at the same time, there were teams the Tigers were playing. Who were fighting for their fucking playoff lives and yep. scuba took care of business. So I at number three, <laughs> he may very well be a yeah. granted, it's a small sample size. Smaller. He, it's a half a season. Smaller, so. yeah. Half season sample size. Not it's not a month, it's not two months, he, it's half a he, season. He pitched, but in half a season, he actually pitched. Only fifty less innings than Clevenger. That's that's a whole who's considered a full season. Yeah. So, and only seventy innings less, seventy-two innings less than Erod, who is also considered a full season. So this I mean, is why badass of the of the year is an interesting conversation because you can you can base it off anything. Is that the most maybe it's badass of the half half of the year? But yeah, you could argue that. But I I, I think it's got to be the year. I just wanted him to be included. You. <laughs> You, I you dismissed tried, it immediately, but I, it. now I you're, you're a bigger up. proponent of him than I was. So, well, I, I love, I've, I've always liked Scooble's like pitching abilities and he's kind of like dealt it to the White Sox. So that's why I respect it too. Fired up. You're in the D. All right. So let's move to Logan Webb, who I believe should be number one on this list because hey, I came close. I came close to putting him number three, one. Three, two, five ERA. 194 Ks. He's he pitched 260 216 innings. That's and huge. that's what you want for a fucking that's starter. Huge. Yes. And absolutely. over a hundred 216 innings, which is 20 20 or 33 more than Smitty's number one on the list. His ERA is almost a point lower than his with a 1074 whip. A whip is almost the whip is lower. Yeah. Yeah. ERA is not. So total consideration for bass of the year. Then you have Justin Steele who came out of nowhere. Nowhere, but he's been a Cy Young candidate all season. So no, I meant, I meant, I no, no, out of nowhere in this season to start the season. Like it was like, you know, he was a a Cubs farm system. Bring up, uh, you know, they'll like well, brought up. Cubs fans and, like, knew who he was. Maybe, maybe the general. Yeah, I, I did not know. Yeah, that's I, fine. Like, who's this fucker? You didn't need to know. Justin Steele, three zero six ERA, grossly inflated when it counted the most in the second. That's the, the thing. Season. He had three, two or three terrible starts near the end, and that blew it up. He was below two, blew up below three for most of the season. One hundred and seventy six Ks, one hundred and seventy three point one innings pitch, and a one one seven WHIP. I mean, I could, I could, I could see the argument for, for Webb. Uh, 
I, I mean, think, for me I right think, now, I'm teetering on the point of Webb and Scooble. Wow. You put steel number three. I put steel number three, especially okay. especially because I kept looking at his numbers when we would get on for the second half and argue with you because his like ERA in the second half was nearly a five. I mean, it was it was atrocious. Well, it shows you what he did, what he did previously. Yeah. Like three three oh six or three oh two yeah. or three oh six. Yeah. Yeah. I I I gotta now that we've been drinking truth serum alcohol throughout <laughs> <Yeah>. this. Um <laughs> I'll tell you. I was gonna give you Louis Robert. Uh I couldn't give you both because you're gonna have Webb as well. I wanted I wanted to make an argument for steel, but you articulated your your web argument uh, quite well, so I, I I can I can I can change my rankings certainly to web for for the best amongst the pitchers. Here's I, my final rankings. I love you. I love your Scooble argument. Though. Here's my final rankings: Web, Scooble. Wow, I would have won this hands down a full year pitching if yeah deal. I mean, Erod uh, and then obviously Clevenger, Clevenger. for. Uh, a token name from the White Sox, but um, I think yeah. we're both magnanimous in this in this final decision. <laughs> and I won, I won something this year. <laughs> I, I may have not won the rating. I didn't want to give won, it to you, but I won you both badasses of the year. Yeah! <laughs> See, you're totally back in. Baseball has I'm you. Back in. I love baseball again. <laughs> That's what that's the beauty of this podcast. I don't give a fuck if anybody listens to this. I love you people who do listen to this. The whole reason we do this is because it's fucking a a blast for you and me. If this this changed your outlook on baseball, which was disturbingly grim (laughs) for the past month, this has all been worth it. So it it has until now when you do the fantasy minute. (laughs) Oh, you're you didn't get that out of your mind. I thought you were gonna forget all about that, but yes. Let us move on now to the Fantasy Minute. Nerd alert! What the fuck is this? It's our fantasy baseball draft. Your fantasy what? It's our draft. You know, like the general manager of a baseball team. <laughs> if you only knew the power. Championship. As my Motor City re-rebuild wins our... I, this is murky now. I believe it is our sixth championship in Major League, Major League Assholes history. Uh, actually, it's American League Assholes history at this point since we're an AL only league. But uh, it's it's murky only because you and I switched from ESPN back in 20 or we switched from CBS back in 2011 yeah, over to ESPN. Like, and we have no record of what happened yet. before. Twenty eleven. So, do sure. you remember, do you have any of those written down? Or well, we know we tied the first season. We definitely tied the first season. I won in two thousand six because it was the same year the Tigers went. I to feel like I, I I won like a couple years later, but I've only you won, did. I, I've had one tie. I think you have three or I think four, two or three wins. Okay. Uh, but as of late, you've been dominating. Well, I won. We we both won. How we had a tie we, was. The first year we come up with a fantasy baseball league, clearly we were amateurs, couldn't figure out uh, that there could be possibly a tie in a roto league. Uh, We have subsequently remedied that, but uh, you and I tied the first season famously. I won in 2006. I believe I won in 2009, but I'm not going to count that. 
But I also won in 2014 in the ESPN League. I won in 2018 and 19 back-to-back championships. And now I have won again in runaway fashion, scoring 53 out of a possible 60 points. I swept swept every single pitching category, and I finished no worse than third in every batting category. So let me say, folks, you cheated all year. I had allowing Shoei, allowing not picking up a pitcher to fill Shoei Atani's non pitcher spot. Not illegal. It's totally illegal. I'm rewriting the rules right now. Well, we can rewrite the rules, but it was definitely not illegal. the wouldn't it, that doesn't take into account that Shoya Otani didn't even play for the last month. Uh, well, you already had all the padded stats because you didn't Juan, have to pick up another pitcher. Wander Franco uh, was removed from my friend, my team for apparently banging multiple 14 year olds. Uh, I'm still perplexed by that. What, he is what's so harshly that me. Yeah, well, I'm sorry. Truth hurts, but what the fuck is that guy doing? That might also might also lead to the malaise in Tampa, where they they lost their best player for ridiculous reasons. Like, what are you doing? Um, but uh, yeah, you doubted that I could. Uh, I think I brought up last time I was at fifty three yeah, points. I was for, right on that. You didn't sweep every category. But you said I was briefly at fifty three, and that would not sustain. I finished at fifty three points at the high point of the season. So I am taking my victory lap at this point because no one else cares, but I have a goddamn podcast. So I'm going to brag about it for one minute. I understand that everyone is, I don't even know why I'm talking right now. Everyone is already tuned out. (laughs) I told them they could, they could stop it whenever they want, but I'm sure they they knew it was coming at that point. (laughs) Everyone's everyone loves hearing people talk about their fantasy teams. There's nothing better. Yes. I'm on the verge of a dynasty here starting in 2018. I have three championships. Uh, we'll see what happens next year. We might have to cha- make some rule changes. Well, I'm actually getting everyone to just quit the league next year so you can have no fun. I'm starting a rogue league where you're not in it. <laughs> yeah. just, call it the rogue, just call it the rogue league. I like that. The anti-Smitty league. That, that's yeah, that's how, what it's that's, called. It's called the anti-Smitty league. I mean, that's just testament to how dominant I am. That You have to start your own league to keep me out. I appreciate that. I take that. I'll take that with a badge of honor. That's more than one minute. I'm sorry. All right. I'll, I'll apologize now. So let us wrap up this episode. I think it's 136. I got um, some shit I forgot. In I the forgot. Yes. Shit that was Pete fed, forgot. That was fed to me from my assistant, my program director here, Robin. Right. So a restaurant called Sticks and Bricks, located on 33rd Street near the park, was offering a promotion tonight that was, we are celebrating the White Sox loss season Thursday, October 5th, by giving away 100 beer dough pizzas available online only. So to celebrate the 100 losses, a local establishment was giving away 100 pizzas for free. 101. Yeah, well, they had to cut it off somewhere. They got money to make. <laughs> wow. That's awesome. Yeah. I'll, so even though even we know it's so comedic as White Sox fans that we we make the best of it. I can't believe you you allowed us to podcast this night and not you weren't down there trying to get your pizza for free. 
Well, I asked Robin if she did order, and she said it was pickup only, and we don't want to really drive down from Bucktown to 33rd Street to get a pizza. So You can just walk. It's not that far. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Speaking of promotions, I meant to ask you, did you, you didn't go to $1 ticket night last Thursday? No, well, the, here's, the funny, here's the funniest part about that. Well, this show's never going to end. No, so, so it's, it's like a do, it's dollar ticket night, right? But they, you know, they obviously allotted a certain amount of tickets for a dollar because they're assholes. They didn't say like the whole park's a hundred. Oh, no, it was yeah. sold out though, wasn't it? The, the $1 tickets were sold out. Well, there were other oh, tickets available. So sons of bitches. Everyone's posting photos like. I didn't uh, watch. Not, were there empty seats? Yeah, there's a ton of empty seats. Like, now their tickets are sold out, but look at the stadium. Ha ha. And I'm like, guys. Wow. Do you really think the White Sox put the entire stadium? Why wouldn't they? People, they knew people weren't going to buy the tickets anyway. That's crazy. Because they're idiots. Because they're so idiots. stupid. And plus, you had whatever season tickets were done. Those aren't going to be filled. Did they, did any they like, offered a credit back for season ticket holders? I was wondering, I should have watched. I was curious about that game actually, because I was wondering if there would be an organized, like sell the team chant or anything like people swiped up all the tickets, like, like Oakland A's fans did to have a protest, but it didn't yeah. doesn't sound like that actually happened. I think they've given up because it's not going to happen. Oh my God. Apathy over anger. That That's, it's that's like, the, that's the saddest thing. It's fucking rat poison is the only way out of this. That might be a fantasy team name for you next year. It might be rat poison. Yeah. I can work on a logo for you. If, if you I'm know. even in the league next year. Cause you're so <laughs> if not, there is a league. Cause you're so awesome. The, <laughs> the secret league. You might have to. Well, I'll be in a league. Just not yours. That God you're damn. by yourself. Wow, you really hate this fantasy minute. Sorry about that. <laughs> that I would call that butthurt almost. All right, let's wrap up this goddamn show already. <laughs> we gotta go. It's ten o'clock now. Or yeah. Ten o'clock your time. But I mean, the bear. What are the bears losing by already? I no, I saw they were up like seventeen nothing, which is hilarious. What? That's how bad the commanders are. The foot commanders. No, the commanders are actually decent. What? All right. The bears are a joke. Why are we talking about the bears? Or should we? Should we promote our football podcast? I wonder if we should talk about football. 27-11 right now. The Bears are destined to lose this game. Yeah, somehow they'll piss us away. I feel like we should start a, start up the, the Limp Ditka's podcast again. Maybe not, but we'll talk about this. But the, in the, the meantime. Pod, I'll tell you what. The problem with a football podcast is, we don't like the same teams. It'd be so much well, that, that doesn't like even That part doesn't even matter to me. Eh, it matters to me. But I feel like the biggest issue with because it's 17 weeks, the the storylines aren't as compelling. It's almost we're I'm talking always, about the same stuff over and over again. We did it for two and a half, three years, whatever we did. I've always felt it was tough. I've never felt like Major League A-Holes is tough. Because no. I love to talk about baseball. There are so many storylines. There's so many through lines. It's every day. There's so I feel like there's almost more shit going on than we can talk about. I feel like, well, that's shit Pete forgot. I forget all sorts of stuff. I'm actually writing notes now to remember everything that's going on. So I'm never bored <laughs> talking about baseball where I get bored talking about football from time to time. So yeah, just another testament to how awesome baseball is, even if all of our teams suck for different reasons and to varying levels. But 
anyway, that I think I think that proves this podcast is not dead despite despite our month off. We will be back, whether it's in the middle of the playoffs or after the World Series. We'll certainly have our asshole of the year conversation at some point in the offseason. We'll have plenty of offseason news with free agency and trades potentially. Uh, I didn't talk about a whole lot, but there's a lot of talk that the Cubs might trade for Pete Alonzo. I, I the the there's scenarios a lot, that, there's a lot of smoke out there. The I don't scenarios know if that, that every fan has brought up. They're like, would you take this trade as a Cubs fan? Well, Probably yeah, not. most likely yes, but would the Mets take the trade? Probably not. Yeah, it's that's interesting. So we'll get into that and other issues going going forward. So with that, you can catch us on the web at majorleagueaholes.com and thing.com. You can find our merchandise at aesthetics.shop, A-S-S-T-H-E-T-I-C-S.shop. You can find us on social media at Major League A-Holes and at Socks Type Thing. You can find us on YouTube. And you can find this podcast anywhere you'd like to find a podcast. So with that, I'm going to declare this podcast is over. Peace. Peace. Fucking Christ, it's about time!